What is up, everybody? This is Ron, co-host of your new favorite movie podcast. Well, we hope it's your new favorite movie podcast, uh, The Big 4-0. Uh, Peter and I had recorded a lot of episodes over the course of last summer um, and last fall. We finally posted our first one around Christmas, and then we recently, our most recent episode was this January, and we started the year off with Joysticks, the teen sex comedy um, which is similar in vein to Porky's, um, a much more well-known and classic uh, teen sex comedy, which we reviewed and recorded an episode for back in September. But like most of the episodes we recorded back then, we were just trying to get our bearings and figure out what we were doing. And, uh, you know, I'd listen back to these and some of them just seemed a little too green to possibly post out there for everybody here. And, you know, to, to be frank, we're, we're still a little green and we're still finding our bearings, but we've definitely got a much better handle on things now, um, even in terms of just editing these podcasts uh, and, and everything that goes into making them sound uh, somewhat professional and uh, playable for everybody to hear. So my thought was uh, we would we would jump into 1983 and as certain things came up where maybe some of these old episodes were um, applicable or interesting, I would go back and uh, try to chop out anything too embarrassing, but, you know, still leaving for posterity what uh, what it was like when we were trying to uh, just get this whole thing off the ground. So I thought no better time to post our first bonus episode than um, since we were talking about Porky's a lot uh, during Joysticks. Uh, it seemed to make sense to go back and post our Porky's episode. Uh, two other interesting things about this episode. We also cover Rocky Three, which is a movie that Peter and I both loved. And um, I also recount trying to attempt to see Clerks 3 back in uh, late summer there when that, that opened. Um, also opening around that time was Barbarian and Pearl, two uh, solid horror films that actually became quite uh, quite buzzy and successful films in their own right. So um, a little bonus uh, 2022 material, even for our, our podcast that um, exists to point out things from 40 years ago. So anyway, I, I know that this episode is far from perfect. Uh, none of our episodes are, are perfect at this point, but we're working on it. We're getting there. We enjoy having them out there. And uh, hopefully you guys will also enjoy uh, this little blast from the past to kind of see uh, how we were uh, going about getting our bearings and um, figuring out the, the tone and the flow of this podcast. So enjoy, and uh, we'll see you with our next new episode in a week or two. Thanks for listening. Let me start by recounting you the tale of my fucking crazy uh, yes. Saturday. Yes. It's, it's movie related, so this, this will fit. Uh, so I had this plan. I wanted to see Clerks 3, right? And Clerks 3, for whatever stupid reason, is just uh, showing at like 7 o'clock. Um, you know, I, I think it's every night. I, I thought it was just going to be, the, the ad said like um, uh, September you know, 13th and 17th or something like that. And initially I was like, well, fuck, I'm not going to go on like a Tuesday or Thursday night to see it. Yeah. Um, but then I happened to see that like every theater had it um, at seven o'clock pretty much every night for, mm -hmm. I don't know, just, just the week or something. And I said, well, cool. I, I want to go see it. Um, so I picked Saturday night and then Kate and I were like, well, let's also go check out that movie. Um, uh, Barbarian. Have you heard of this? Is it a horror movie? Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like this new buzzy horror movie that people are sort of talking about because it kind of gets really 
batshit crazy as it goes along and okay. um, it's getting pretty good reviews. So I was, I was curious about that. And I said, well, you know, it works out perfectly. There's a, a 445 of that and it's, you know, an hour and 45 minute movie. So two with previews and then uh, yeah. bump right into clerks. And, and I said, um, let's take edibles and, you know, we'll, we'll take them at the beginning of barbarian. And by the time clerks is over, we'll be free and clear. And, uh-huh. we can go and I even said, let's Uber. And that way we don't even have to worry about it. We'll Uber there and, um, you know, just knock out those two movies and then Uber home. Um, right. So that was the plan. Saturday morning rolls around and uh, Kate's like, we have to go to brunch with my mom. And then she wants to go to a, a farmer's market and all this other stuff. And I said, well, that's fine. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll do that and then still do our plan. So Saturday rolls around. We go to, we go to brunch with her mom. We go to this farmer's market and walk around. Uh, we come home and we, you know, have a little kissy time and I'm sitting here going, man, this is the most fucking white boy, uh, Saturday of all time so far. (laughs) (laughs) And then we had to go drop a gift off at her, um, nephew's birthday party, which was at Skateland and, or not Skateland, some janky ass version of Skateland, uh, on the South side. And was it in West Dallas? Um, it's on like 108th in Oklahoma or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's right down the street from my house. Yeah, do you know what the name is? Yeah, well, they have all these video games from, um, you know, the the 70s, but not like ironic, cool, refurbished way. They're just, it's just like old shit that's in there. It doesn't even work and it's all dirty and disgusting. And (laughs) uh, anyway, I I like felt myself getting a sore throat as I was standing in that place. (laughs) But so, so we go to do that and then it's maybe, you know, one o'clock and, you know, it's a little too early for the movie yet. Um, so we said, well, let's go see Pearl at 145. We'll bounce from Pearl to uh, uh, Barbarian and to Clerks, and we'll knock out all three of these. And the problem with that was we couldn't Uber anymore because obviously we had the car at Skateland. Oh, sure. So did that. Said, all right, let's do that. And there was an hour in between Pearl and Barbarian. And so mm-hmm. the plan was to either just get something to eat or maybe we'll drop the car off and still Uber. Um, so we see Pearl. Um, good movie. And then What's Pearl, uh, Pearl is the sequel to X. And X just came out in March. Um, so I don't know if you saw that. But no. That's a um, solid movie. It's this movie. It's kind of like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre sort of vibe. It takes place in the 70s. These people are all headed out to make a, a porno movie and they rent this um, sort of barn uh, out in the middle of nowhere. And then, you know, shit gets crazy. So I won't spoil yeah. it for you. I've seen it because it's, it's definitely worth seeing. But Pearl is sort of, at, at the end of that movie, you stayed through the credits. There was this sort of teaser for this thing called Pearl. And I didn't know if that was just, you know, kind of showing you some of the like before stuff that happened before X to give you context or it was a thing that wasn't actually going to come out. And if mm-hmm. it came out, I think it would be two or three years later, like most sequels, but anyway, it came out like six months later. So uh, I, I was, I wanted to see it and, and it was good and it, it held up and that was great. And then, so we had this hour to kill and we decided just to go get lunch instead of dropping the car off. And we figured if we take the edibles by uh, the time um, uh, barbarian starts, then we'll be set by the time clerks is done and we should be able to drive right. home. So, so we go to Barbarian. Um, that movie's good as well. About an hour into it, we decided to pop the edibles. Um, you know, so that last hour was was enjoyable. And mm-hmm. then we're like, all right, bust right over to Clerks 3. And I was, you know, 
was on cloud nine and stuff. And we're sitting there waiting for clerks to start and talking. And I turned around, I'm like, you know, this is the most perfect day. Like all this stuff went off without a hitch. This is totally great. We should watch this movie, steal the deal by grabbing a drink somewhere and go home. And you know, we'll yeah. have had just perfect day where everything works out. Mm-hmm. And so we're sitting there talking and then I notice it's like 10 after seven and this movie hasn't started yet. And there's one other person in the theater. And so <laughs> that guy gets up and he finally goes to ask somebody, you know, what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he comes back in and, and we're giggling away because we're, we're high and we don't really care. But I, I knew in the back of my mind that there was going to be a problem with this movie. Um, yeah. But wishful thinking and, and whatever, see how it plays out. And I was, I was too happy to, to care that much, but the guy comes in and says, uh, you know, listen guys, we've been having trouble with this movie all afternoon. We thought we'd have it worked out by seven o'clock. We just don't. Uh, yeah. so it, you know, it's, it's not going to turn on or whatever. Um, and so I'm sitting there kind of joking around with the guy. I'm like, is this a, is Kevin Smith going to come fucking walking in here right now with Jason Mews and tell us like we won, you know, the, the clerk's three screening party or whatever. Right. He's like, no, I'm sorry, that's not going to happen. He's like, but the good news is we'll give you these sorry passes and they're good for any movie you want whenever you want to see it. I'm like, well, how about this fucking movie right now? <laughs> He's like, yeah, no, we can't do that. And so so we had to leave and we got a refund and all this stuff and it was fine, but now we're fucking high as shit. And I was planning on having, you know, two more hours to... Right. <laughs> so what are we going to do? We didn't Uber, the car's there. We what theater? This is Southgate. Okay. Uh, just because it was relatively close and that's where these movies were playing in a, in a time frame where you didn't have to kill a bunch of time in between or whatever. So yeah, um, I've only been there one other time. I saw bad boys for life there and I thought it was kind of cool. It's kind of, they, they've got like the stadium seating and stuff. So it's newer, although they don't have the, uh, you know, like leather luxury seats and, and all that. Right. But, uh, but the, the lobby and everything reminds me of like a mill road or a North town or one of those oh, old school cool. you know, yeah. multiplexes where you walk in and it's just a long hallway on both sides and mm-hmm. uh, um, anyway, it's, it's cool theater. It's worth going to if, uh, if something you want to see is playing there. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't care about like heated seats and stuff. But anyway, so we uh, watch or, or we we leave and we Walmart's right next door. And we're like, well, we're high as shit. We got to go kill some time at uh, mm-hmm. at Walmart. And then I'm super paranoid. Kate's like, let's, let's just walk up and down every single aisle of Walmart. And that'll kill like an hour. I'm like, we are not going to walk our high asses around. In, in, in my mind, too, this is like natural born killers when they're like walking through the fucking... Uh, convenience store like yes. I, uh, like i feel like i'm seeing everything moving around me and like uh-huh. every time walk by me, i'm like whipping around and i'm like we gotta get the fuck out of here and so she's like okay and so we walk outside and then of course it starts pouring rain mm-hmm. so now we gotta walk back to the theater in the pouring rain we get into the car and we are like well we're, we're too fuck- it's it's like eight o'clock at this point not even and yeah. you know we, we we're thinking in our heads we got at least an hour before we're good to drive um so we start watching TV on the phone in the car and then an hour rolls around. We're still too high. Another hour goes by. So now we're, we're getting into about 1030 here and we're just like, let's just call an Uber and, and get out of here. We'll get the car later and yeah. say, okay, sounds good. So we call an Uber. The guy is supposedly three minutes away. We're like, let's get out of the car and go stand by the theater. So we don't look like a bunch of degenerates, like sitting in this car waiting for an Uber. <laughs> so we go stand out in front of the theater and we're tracking the Uber on the phone and he's not showing up. He's just not there, not there, yeah. not there. He's not moving. He moves a little bit and stops. Kate's sending him text messages and he's not replying to the text messages. And finally we just canceled the fucking Uber and yeah. which she got like a $5 fee for, which I'm, I'm hoping oh, she got a fee for it. Total bullshit. Yeah. I guess. If you, and, and I don't think you can cancel and just reorder another Uber. So, you know, we uh, decided just to bite the bullet and, and drive home or we waited yeah. a little longer. She felt like she was okay. We drove home and, and everything was fine. But, um, but man, it was not only nerve wracking, but then also, 
the irony of going from this perfect day to <laughs> this complete shit show. The only thing it would have been worse is if you know we got in an accident or got pulled over or some shit happened on the way home. Right. And then um, also the fact that the whole impetus of this was to see Clerks three, which I have not seen, and now I saw two other movies that I, I only wanted to see to kill time. And I mean they were good. They're good movies. Everybody should go see uh, both Barbarian and Pearl. But yeah, uh, <laughs> not not exactly the day I was expecting so did they have anything else playing there that you could have or was that pretty much it for well i thought about that but we saw the the, the three we wanted to see well the two we wanted to see um mm-hmm. and then you know we kind of we blew our wad by seeing those two earlier i guess if we hadn't seen pearl uh, you know at, at a 145 show we could have gone to right. see that. but the other weird thing about this is we were sitting in the car and the theater like went dark at 8 30 it's it's like <laughs> i don't know when their last show was there but it must have been right around then because they there was nothing was the doors weren't open the, the lights were off the concession was closed you know stuff like that yeah. so and then as we were standing there waiting for the uber people started like trickling out of whatever the last movie was so it must have started around 8 or 8 30 and then the employees came out after that i'm just like this is what weird fucking twilight zone did we step into <laughs> after we left clerks three yeah. <laughs> so i found that to be my 40s is you could be having a great day and then all of a sudden especially with kids and or whatnot like just things just go south real cool and it's unfortunate too because you know it's like like i said it it was going so smoothly Mm -hmm. everything was great and then uh, all that nonsense happened but uh hey what i really want to say this is a podcast called the big 4-0 with ron and peter (laughs) i'm ron (laughs) (laughs) i'm peter (laughs) all right we are uh saying happy birthday to movies that came out 40 years ago this week um we are still in our catch-up phase this is our fourth episode of this podcast uh so uh this week we are tackling rocky three which opened on may 28th of 1982 and then we are also looking at porkies which uh, i don't know my notes right in front of me opened on march 19th of 1982 so um Peter, I thought we'd start with Rocky III first, just because uh, normally I like to hold kind of what I thought of the movie until we get towards the end or at least the middle of this. But I just want to say I fucking love this movie, like fucking love it for every single fucking thing about it. And it's not like I went into this knowing that this is one of my favorite movies and I can't wait to watch it and talk about it. I I like Rocky III. I've always liked Rocky III. I like all the Rockies for the most part, but Rocky and Rambles have kind of been a Stallone uh I don't want to say blind spot for me. I know those movies well and I watch them, but I'm way more into his cop stuff and his 90s stuff and yeah. and things like that. But um, so Rocky, you know, one, two and three, I've always liked. I really like Rocky Balboa. And that's the one that kind of got me to go back and, and, and buy all the Rockies and, and watch them back when that came out. And then when Creed came out, I um, revisited all of these. And I remember Rocky three being one of my favorites. But uh, this time, you know, I, I'm willing to put this right up against the first one and Balboa, which is my personal or sentimental favorite. Um, so before we start getting into it, you can uh, give me your thoughts on. Uh, yeah, Rocky you know, there was, there was a point about halfway through that I'm like, I've seen one, two and three, probably about five times each. Uh, and I was enjoying this one just as much as one and more than two. Uh, yeah. You know, one one gets its points for its you know, its story and its originality, and it you know, it's it was such a good, well done movie. Uh, well, it's two, backstory too for Stallone, just kind of you know coming out right. of nowhere in that whole Cinderella right. story. Yeah, yeah, and he, he wrote ro- the first yeah. Rocky, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So this one, an Oscar he, for it. 
I'm sorry. He won an Oscar for it mm -hmm. for best screenplay. For, that's right. That's right. And then he directs two. And I really think he found like the good role. Like the, he was on a good role with this one. Like two is two is good. Don't get me wrong with this one. Yeah. This mm -hmm. one was so much fun from beginning to end and it's an you know hour and 40 minutes and it absolutely flies by and even the sure. uh all your um all of your uh stereotypical uh training scenes and whatnot are are still so much fun to watch and just uh you know things that have become so so overdone and overblown you know and even parodied but these ones are good um Bill Conti's music is good. You know, he, he adapts to the kind of 80s uh, style with music. Um, Stallone looks freaking amazing. And the, the, the suits he wears, and I'm like, dude, 1982 yeah. had some bad looks, but he looked good in 1982. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got I've got thoughts on all that stuff. So sure. we, can, we can hit it as we go along. But um, yeah, I didn't think we would disagree on it. But um, I didn't watch two before this. And I, I remember it well enough, or at least I, I thought so in my head, but I, I was almost wishing I had to see the kind of contrast because, you know, I, I like one, like you said, because it is the, you know, sort of the definitive original and, mm -hmm. um, you know, like you said, the backstory and, and all that. Um, and then two, I, I remember liking, and, and I, I like how, you know, he loses in one, two is sort of the comeback story and he, and he yeah. does it. And, you know, there's obviously that emotional payoff. Um, but that one, for whatever reason, it just I, I can't remember a lot of specifics about it. It kind of gets lost in there. And even though I, I cite it as one of the, the good ones, um, although th this series doesn't have a lot of bad, I'll get into my thoughts about the rest of them, but um, I, I still would, would put on three over that, you know, any time, or, or that's what I have said sure. in the past. And now, you know, 100%. And, and this movie starts with um, that that thing that a lot of 80s movies did, especially the Friday the 13th, where they'll show sort of the last five minutes of the the previous movies. So yes. it, it's a nice way to catch up. It's kind of kind of a, a hoary trick or whatever. <laughs> but um, and I think if every movie did it or we never grew out of that, that would that would be pretty weird. But right. um, it's it's good for somebody coming into one of these cold. So I, I like that. Or if you hadn't seen the, the previous one in a long time, at least. So that was that was a, a nice little catch up. Yeah, the uh, opening title sequence is fantastic too. That gives me chill. Yeah. I was like, this still gives me chills. I couldn't believe it. I was like, <laughs> once this the letters are going across the screen and that and that theme song, I'm like, oh man, I yeah. am stoked for this movie. Right, I agree. And like I said, I'm not you know some diehard Rocky series fan, and I'm I'm not a sports movie fan either the, the sports movies i like mostly tend to be comedies you know things like major league and caddyshack and stuff like that right and i don't uh i don't typically care too much about you know sports dramas or the the sort of weepy underdog tales and that sort of thing and uh, but for whatever reason rocky just does it for me i think a lot of that as we'll get to has to do with stallone um i think he really does a great job and, and yeah. makes all of this his own so um let me see here i guess where to start well it starts with that iconic theme like you were saying and you're immediately hooked that's that's one of the things that i i wrote down you know that just right from the, the jump you're in mm -hmm. and some of that probably has to do with having that uh you know you already are invested in rocky because you've seen all these before and uh you know that sort of thing so even if even if 
you were seeing this cold and, and this is the first time you're seeing it. I don't know if it would uh, get you as revved up as it does for somebody who right. knows what to expect and, and knows the whole story and has seen these before, but I have a hard time thinking of a better sports theme song and, and one that would get somebody uh, amped up for a movie sight unseen than, than Bill Conti's score. I mean, that, that song is, is perfection. It's perfection. Yes, absolutely. I, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not a major sports movie fan, even though I love sports. Uh, a lot of the movies to me are done in kind of a cheesy sense. And if they are over realistic, then they kind of indulge in things like uh, like your any given Sundays or whatnot. But um, these, you know, and boxing is not even one of my favorite sports to watch. I do enjoy it. But yeah, this yeah. Well, that's just to say it's weird that the boxing movies, because the other one that comes to mind is Million Dollar Baby, which yes. Um, you know, I'm a huge Clint Eastwood fan, so I'm biased. But, uh, you know, if I had to think of two of the most, like, emotional, uh, you know, whatever, um, mm-hmm. box, not not boxing, sports movies, well, actually movies, um, you know, if there's, if there's, I'm, I'm not a crier at movies. I, I rarely cry. I couldn't tell you the last time I cried. But if there's movies that have gotten me choked up, uh, Million Dollar Baby and, uh, you know, a couple of these Rockies are are among them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For whatever reason. And again, I'm not a not an easy sell on crying. I'm not an easy sell on sports movies. So right you know it's something about him i don't know if it's because boxing you're getting literally pummeled and you know there's that uh <laughs> that build up of anxiety and then the release when they finally win or stop getting right. beat on or you know what it right. is but um yeah there's something about it that's more cinematic too than uh you know just 20 players or something all all crushing around on a field you know it's, sure. it's two guys literally in, in the fight for their their lives in some cases yeah. so and the Great White Hype is an amazing movie, so that's another part. <laughs> I do need to revisit that because I only saw it once and hated the hell out of it. Um, really? Oh yeah, man, no, I was I was into it for like half of it, and then I was like, it was losing me. But I I literally saw it the day, I think it was the day or day after it came out in May. Oh, so of we were about seventeen or something yeah. at the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's definitely uh, I liked it at the time, but it's definitely now that that style of humor is is much more prevalent in things. So I think it was probably ahead of its time, you know. But I think I would dig it more for sure. Yeah, you should definitely revisit it. It's too bad it's uh, you know thirteen years away in in our podcast years. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Can't cover it for this, I guess. But right. Um, Anyway, so uh, yeah, from one iconic theme to another, then Eye of the Tiger kicks in, which is obviously an amazing song. Uh, the the 80s had no shortage of these type of things, uh, you know, Final Countdown and whatnot, yeah. but um, this this is a solid song by any measure, and, and I think it still holds up. I mean, it's got its cheesiness, which where why it makes you smile when you hear it in in the movie but it's it's perfect for the movie I was gonna and, say, it's um, got the drive to it yeah it, it well yeah. The, the only thing that kind of wrecks it is carl weathers keeps you know showing the title throughout the movie that's what i was gonna ask because i didn't look at my notes but who which came first the the line in the movie or the song yeah good question i'm guessing the script was written first and they uh you know yeah went off that but I, I honestly didn't look into it i did uh note that it was oscar nominated um really? but it lost to up where we belong from an officer and a gentleman oh, which for best a music superior song yeah best uh, best song <laughs> best song yeah best song from a motion picture okay so, um yeah and and so you know from 
from here, well, from from two, I guess, when when Rocky finally defeats Apollo, Carl Weathers, who is now, um, well, not now, but will become his uh, mentor and friend as the movie goes along. Um, he he just wins and wins and wins, apparently, to the point where he gets, you know, kind of spoiled and complacent and lazy. And, um, uh, you know, this, this is where we see the first of many montages in this movie. Um, I did count them as we go along. But did you? Yeah. Well, yeah, I just wrote you know, montage three and then, you know, what, whatever was going on. But So I think I think it's four, but we'll see as I turn the pages. Um and then, you know, they're all amazing. All the montages are amazing. They, they only get better. The, the last one's the best one. And, you know, this, this first one's awesome to begin with. So they just they just keep building. Um, I could only think of the montage song from uh, Parker and South Park when they it was it was in the uh, in the episode. But then they also repurposed it for Team America when they needed that song. And, oh, really? <laughs> and it, it's got that same type of uh, Survivor Eye of the Tiger kind of, mm-hmm. you know, driving techno beat and then um you know the lyrics are yeah i think they even say even rocky had a montage and you know oh well, yeah i do remember that song yes <laughs> things are better with a montage things are better yes <laughs> gotta slowly fade out makes it seem like more time's passing a montage mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i would say you know it it's about 10 minutes of the movie is however many montages there were but it's it's yeah. it's never not entertaining they're all they're all good montages yeah and then we immediately meet uh, Clubber Lang or Mr. T, who he's fucking awesome in this. Uh, Stallone and and him and Carl Weathers and the real MVP, which we'll get to in a minute, I think is Burgess Meredith. He, he's he's fucking phenomenal in this movie. Just that was absolutely. You no, know, I'm using a lot of f bombs here to describe these guys, but there's no other way to, to say it. Like, <laughs> no, it was he was fucking good in this movie, and I have that in my notes too. Burgess Meredith. I was like, I got to shout out Burgess for. For him in this movie yeah he, he's playing it at 10 the entire time and it's just yep. so perfect i mean he's just, <laughs> he's just the like you said some of this stuff gets parodied as as the years go on whether it's mm-hmm. the songs or stallone or uh the the rocky theme but uh versus meredith would be the easiest one for somebody to just you know snarl and you know shout <laughs> nonsense and right. spit all people an animal and, and i remember when stallone was on um snl i think it was like 97 so it was probably for daylight i think but um, Chris Kattan, I want to say it is maybe somebody was was playing. Uh, you know, it, he was doing Sloan was doing a Rocky parody for SNL, and somebody was playing Burgess, and that's exactly what they did. They're just like, "You're an animal, Rock. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're a big dumb piece of cheese or whatever." <laughs> so. I'll have to look that up on the YouTube's. Yeah, I mean, it's not a great episode. I remember watching <laughs> it just for Sly, but uh, but yeah, that that one was funny. So. Um, so anyway, yeah, he's he's getting a little little lazy, I guess, or just things are coming a little too easy to him now, just just winning. And so um, Clubber Lang is sitting there saying he wants a piece of it. And, and Mr. T is so funny in this because it, or the character, I guess, as written is funny because he's never just there saying something. He's always like throwing people around the room and trying to start a fight and trying to like crawl on the stage and get to Rocky. He's shouting and yelling <laughs> yeah. and calling him names like, you know, a bum and a joke and <laughs> <laughs> just tell your woman to come to my apartment i'll show her what a real man is yeah <laughs> exactly and it's so funny too that that's sort of the impetus that's what gets stallone to fight him because uh you know it's basically just a, you know he, he made fun of my wife or whatever so mm-hmm. now i'm gonna go <laughs> risk the uh, heavyweight championship of the world <laughs> on some crash talk <laughs> we uh 
I'm, I'm sure you're going to cover it, but we, we do have to uh, discuss the the uh, the Hulk Hogan slash Thunderlips. Oh, yeah. I'm getting to that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so, but for, for Clubber Lang, uh, they, I guess, were considering Joe Frazier and Ernie Shavers. Yeah, I saw that. Ernie Shavers yeah, just passed away like two weeks ago, too, at the age of 90. So he would have been like 50 at that point. So I could see yeah. Joe Frazier being in the in that role because he was probably only in his 40s at that point but yeah well they also said they were about the same height as stallone and had a powerful yeah. physique um that he was looking for but um i guess according uh, to casting director fraser had stuttering problems well shaver had a high-pitched voice that would have undermined the character's <laughs> menacing presence so i can't imagine that character jumping out of those uh you know crowd scenes and, and press conferences right. and all the stuff he does you know screaming at, at rocky and uh in, in a high-pitched voice so standing on a pedestal um, above extras trying to yell at rocky <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. and you know mr t obviously has has that gruff baritone and and all that stuff so um you wouldn't have that problem with mr t and uh this was his breakout role so before a team and everything else we know him from uh, this is the, the kind of the first time anybody's seen him i guess he was on some abc uh competition program america's toughest bouncer yeah and that's where they, that's where they found him yeah exactly so <laughs> being a bouncer in chicago will uh will make you a badass real quick i'd assume <laughs> yeah um and so this is a nice way to kind of move the rocky story along too because uh you know Making him the underdog again is is kind of a an interesting thing. I don't know where you go from you know if we watch say say the movie that followed Rocky two was whatever his next fight was and then we just watched him win again that wouldn't right. so having somebody who's bigger than him more menacing than him uh, more opposing he he beats him initially um, so that all I think is a was a good way to kind of move this story along uh, mm -hmm. from what would have been probably just another predictable chapter. Um, and yeah, Mr. T is is great in this. And then there's Pauly, uh, who you know is his brother-in-law, and he's jealous of Rocky's success. And um, they they kind of have this sort of half-assed little five-minute <laughs> thing where they they kind of just clear that up right out of the way. And he's like, "Why don't you just give me a job, Rocky? You, you even moved uh, um, Mickey into the house yeah. and, and not me." And and he said, oh, you want a job? And he goes, yeah. And he's like, well, all you need to do is ask. And then next thing you know, they're on good terms. I'm really not sure why they even built up the whole alcoholic uh, trash yeah. and pinball machines, hating Rocky thing. But although maybe there's something in, in two, since neither of us went back and rewatched that. I don't know if they had animosity in that one. And yeah, I think that was always kind of building in, in one and two. I mean, yeah, I, I totally agree. It was kind of all wrapped up very neatly in a... But either way, if there was this whole thing building and there's a whole other yeah. movie about it or two other movies about it, then, then just wrap it up with, uh, you know. But but again, as much as that stuff is kind of, you know, hokey from a storytelling standpoint, it's like good good for this movie. I mean, it's just it's just moving shit along. We're, we're getting stuff out of the way. We're not right. wasting a bunch of time on extraneous subplots and stuff that we've all seen before. And we all know how it's going to turn out anyway, other than perhaps, you know, the movie itself, where I guess if I don't want to jump to the end, but, you know, it, it ends as you would expect. And. Um, but other than that, I think the movie is quite refreshing in the way it, you know, presents all these these characters and story arcs and, and everything. And uh, it, it, it moves along nicely. Like you said, it flies by. So Yeah, it really does. 
Um, and then, yeah, so Burgess Meredith then as Mickey, uh, Rocky is still loyal to him. Um, and, and Mickey's worried about him fighting Clubber Lang. And it turns out he's kind of been, uh, the movie plays this kind of coy, but it's not that he was sort of throwing fights for Rocky or, or giving him easy fights necessarily, but he was fighting or, or setting him up to fight people that he knew Rocky could beat. Right. Right. That's yeah. the way I understand yeah. it. Yeah, that was a that was a kind of a scene not too many people will talk about, but that's yeah, that's Mickey was kind of always protecting him in a way. He knew, yeah, he just he didn't want him to get too big for his britches and fight somebody. Well, that, I think he knew his limitations, but he also yeah. was probably worried about him. He was seeing the the long side of you know you you've got a family and kids and you're getting punched in the head for a living. You know you're gonna right. have problems, so you you can only go against guys and he he may not have they don't say this in the movie but i was thinking that he may not have had a problem with him fighting uh mr t necessarily if he wasn't such a, a devastatingly powerful fighter you know you, you right. get hit by him enough times and um that is exactly what's going to happen so if he was he was looking out for his overall uh, health or future health um you can totally see why you wouldn't want when they first stand together in the ring stallone comes up to mr t's chest like his, his nipple area and um, and then not to mention, he's just so mean and angry. And, uh, you know, Rocky obviously doesn't have that, uh, you know, quote, eye of the tiger right. at, at that moment. And then the first time they fight uh, is when Mickey has a heart attack, uh, which the film kind of alludes to in a couple of earlier scenes. So not a not a total surprise there. And then, of course, it happens the night when he's fighting for his uh, <laughs> his title yeah. against this guy who could potentially kill him as the as the movie has set us up to believe. So. Uh, yeah, all that was done really well. And that's all in the first, I don't know, what, half hour of the movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 40 minutes or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Rocky loses, and now it's on to what am I going to do next type thing. And, uh, you know, the, the movie could have ended there, but <laughs> in, instead it decided to obviously pick up. So Yeah. And uh, Carl Weathers, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Carl. So I he's he's very good in these two like just the just the perfect character like he 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 lost to rocky but he still is a smart enough man to know that hey you beat me you got me i will you know that that character and he does it so well like it's just uh it's such an easy character to believe i mean the the look that guy's look is insane yeah He's terrific. I mean, in everything I, I see him mm-hmm. in, I'm always impressed by Carl Weathers, whether it's, you know, Predator or Action Jackson and some stuff like yep. that. Or, I mean, he had a whole arc on Arrested Development, um, his kind of goofy turn in um, Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore, that's and, the one. Yeah. Uh, he was on The Shield for a while, too. And was he really? Yeah, that's just a handful of things. So, uh, yeah, I, he's, he's a great actor. I'm always happy to see him when he pops up on the screen there's a handful of these 80s guys especially some of these 80s black actors that you know you, you you're you're happy when we, we talked about uh keith, keith david, david. A couple yeah weeks ago, and he's one of them too ernie hudson and uh, yeah. you know it's just these guys don't probably get the recognition they deserve they never became above the title stars but if they're in a movie it, it automatically makes it that much better so they're right. just they're those guys you know and i know you you agree with me is uh just a put a bow on the, on Carl Weathers, but he action Jackson's a great movie. It's, it's so damn fun. I do and agree. He, he proved he could be a movie star. And I don't know if he got many chances after that. To like he was in one him. called uh hurricane Smith in uh, 92 maybe or something. Right. And this was a, 
it was a straight to video thing for the most part. I, I might have gotten some limited release, but I knew it as. But you know, it, it it was close enough to Action Jackson that you can tell it was probably made for theaters and probably got dumped. And sure. the the box art and even the title of the movie recall Action Jackson, obviously, you know, Hurricane Smith and sure. um, the, the box art is kind of the same thing. And uh, but it was cool. And I, I, I don't remember the movie real well. I haven't seen it since then. But I think I was just more happy of the fact that, hey, here's another Carl Weathers action yeah. movie. And it, it yep. did not continue on for him, unfortunately, after that one. But uh but yeah, it's it's too bad. It's a shame when you see some of these guys that you think should be bigger stars and right. uh, they take a crack at it and it just doesn't connect and then they're so quick to be to be dropped. But right. Uh, uh, so this brings on Hulk Hogan. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I, well, are we? I don't Hogan know. was Hogan. before. Oh, sorry. Hogan was before his first fight with Mister T. Okay. All right. So we got ahead of ourselves. Now we're backtrack. So yeah. Um, I'll, I'll let you take this. You're a wrestling fan, and you like <laughs> very, very excited for this part because it was the the scene. Of course, as a kid, that always stuck out with me was was the scene, and um, it's 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 pro wrestling personified. It just gets bonkers. It gets ridiculous. <laughs> uh, it gets somewhat cheesy comedy, but it all kind of fits in with you know the time and place, and and people right. weren't. People weren't all, I mean, most people knew, let's say most knew that wrestling was whatever, but they're still entertained by it. Right. So they were, uh, you know, it, the fans were just completely going wild. And <laughs> the whole Hulk Hogan is, is just perfect in this. He all he gets to, you know, he just gets to be himself. I guess that's, you know, that's an easy role. <laughs> it's just, yeah. He's, he's as good as fucking everybody else. Though. I mean, this, I yeah. mean, again, fucking fantastic like there's just there's no nothing slouchy in this movie well at least of the the, the big broad acting i i'm gonna get to some stuff i don't particularly love but uh it's it's a minor quibble anyway but yeah everybody for the most part i think is is great and uh and hulk hogan is no exception i i was not a wrestling fan i thought it was kind of silly I, it wasn't even like a judgy thing it was just i never got into it. I, I don't know if i just didn't have friends who were into it or what right. I remember some kids being like oh this is my hulk hogan and Jake the Snake, Robert's Dolls, or whatever, but that, right. that's about as that was my uh, entire exposure to wrestling, and it's probably because you know my mom wasn't into it or whatever, so just right. like on TV, I probably just didn't have a lot of friends who watched it, you know, at the time. Yeah, and by the time you and I started hanging out or whatever, I was like, you know, sixteen years old. I'm not going to start yeah. watching it then. So. <laughs> and then you had to live with me for four years. And then I had to live with you and watch pay per views and yes. Uh, you know. <laughs> you were you were generous about it. I, I'll give you credit. No, I wasn't. I was like, whatever, that's fine. Um, so anyway, yeah. So Rocky fights him, uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, aka Thunderlips, which is one hell of a name to pick, I guess. <laughs> it is. Uh, he he fights him for a, a charity event, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so here's my question about that scene: Was it? real i mean they, they hulk hogan's doing wrestling moves and rocky's doing boxing moves and then it, it starts with um you know rocky getting worried he's like man this guy's gonna you know go fucking crazy and he's not gonna follow boxing rules and whatever and that's exactly what happened so he starts like you know spinning him around in the air and throwing him out yeah. of the ring and you know elbowing in him legging him and whatever you call that leg move the drop yeah the yeah. leg drop yep yeah leg drop thanks <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> um <laughs> 
So he's doing all this shit, and and you know, it, it's and Rocky's just like, let me throw you a few fake jabs, and we'll take a picture and get out of here, and you know, so it's it's a comedy scene, but yeah. but it, it does kind of score the underlying thing that you know Rocky's kind of little and kind of mm-hmm. you know maybe a little too slow, and he can very easily be chucked right the fuck out of a ring by somebody who's the size of Mr. T or or Hulk Hogan. Then he'll um, take his gloves off and fucking and yeah, right. Well, yeah. right, but, but he comes back is the key uh-huh. to all of these. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the lesson, everybody. Rocky comes back. Don't count the man out. In case you're unclear, yeah, unclear. Right. Um, my favorite line of Paul Gogan was uh, the ultimate male versus the ultimate meatball. <laughs> That's his best. Even my mother, who's in town from Arizona was watching it with me and she she laughed at that line too yeah well the announcer refers to him as a mountain of molten lust <laughs> you get that from hulk hogan's performance in this or <laughs> not especially but the the women sure seem to love him at ringside so <laughs> yeah well i mean he literally threatens the crowd for cheering rocky like as soon as they're like oh in the other corner rocky bubble and everybody's like yeah he's like shut the fuck up yeah you're trash you're trash. you want me to come down here yeah you- yeah i'll yeah. come down and they guess <laughs> yeah and then it uh and then it ends <laughs> they call it a draw and rocky's like man you got a little rough there and hogan's just like it's all part of the show you want to take yeah. some pictures and then he, like, he completely yeah. normalizes and resets and yeah <laughs> which is, is what right which is what wrestlers do and that was uh i thought that was pretty great well i mean there's also shit in there like mick is there and he's treating mm-hmm. it like it's a, he's like run for your life rock you know he's still on fucking 10 <laughs> every line yeah. <laughs> and you know hogan goes nuts and then and then this is the first time we see mickey has a heart issue because he you know he starts kind of wheezing and gasping his chest and whatever and um it turns out okay but they're clearly laying the groundwork for for that later on yeah uh, and then you know it cuts the scene of rocky driving around in you know his mansion in a golf cart and this huge house and huge dining room and um you know it just kind of goes back to showing how he you know he's he's sort of done everything he can do and gotten everything he's ever wanted and you know why keep going and and no sooner do you think that than there's a press conference where he's announcing his retirement yep and then q clubber lane again trying to smash through a crowd to say you ain't fought nobody yet fool (laughs) (laughs) you're a paper champion yeah. Oh, I love that line. I had that written down. You beat me to it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, uh, yeah, Clubber Lang is a the perfect foil for for uh, Rocky. It's just it's like you said before. It's you did Apollo Creed twice, on brutal long matches. So you need something yeah. different, and that's right. what they did very well. And if you're gonna make sequels, you you better have a, a good story to at least. And I I think. I liked almost. I didn't see Rocky Balboa. Oh, uh, I, did, I did see Creed one and two. Uh, Creed one was much better, but nobody's going to probably agree with me on this. But I will say Rocky Balboa is a better movie than Creed in terms of bringing Rocky back. I heard, again. yeah, I heard great things, so I, I don't doubt that. Uh, I know it's, that Creed it's a bit silly in the the framing device they used to like get Rocky in the ring again, and it's a bit. Um, I, I would say it's unrealistic that Rocky can pull off what he 
does. I, I don't want to ruin the ending for you. But except for the fact that much like this movie and, and probably all these Rockies, there is a training montage and, and other things of a lot of like soul searching and, and mm-hmm. whatever to get you to believe, number one, why he'd do it. Uh, number two, that he's got the, the heart to, to want to do it. And number yeah. three, that he could stand his own, you know, if not win against somebody younger, just because he's still fucking massive. And those training yeah. montages are shot in a way. And, and it's one of my favorite of the series, too. The, the guy who's training him goes, all right, let's go build some hurting bombs. And then they go out and just he starts like <laughs> lifting meat and shit again. And it's it's fucking awesome. Like that that movie. That's the one that really kind of got me to be like, OK, I should go back and watch all these again. Uh, you know, I never saw them all. And, uh, yeah. you know, the ones I had seen, I'd only seen as a kid and like in bits and pieces and stuff. Uh, but after Balboa, um, I was I was all in. So I always have a you know soft spot for that one. And, and maybe me saying it's the best one or better than Creed is a bit misplaced. But Creed kind of tries to do the same thing. But it's it's a more kind of basic story all around. Like we've seen, you know, it, it, it's, it's everything now, you've seen. Yeah, it's now Apollo's kid essentially going yeah. through the whole the build up and tear down and build back up and mm-hmm. uh, you know will he win and um, I, I just didn't think it really brought anything new to the table other than you know uh, whatever a lot of people saw in it I didn't I understand that Michael B Jordan is very good and I like that we gave a you know African American the lead in a in a movie like that and it was successful and yeah. uh, I like that they brought Rocky back and he gets whatever moments he gets but the, everybody said you know how how great that was and i'm sitting here thinking didn't you motherfucker see rocky balboa because they did the same thing with rocky in that one and you know <laughs> right. so and the other thing is how many times is Stallone going to have that that same arc so it was a little weird to bring him back in in rocky and, and go th- or in creed rather and yeah and creed too <laughs> yeah well the way creed one ends you're thinking well maybe they'll kill him off that would have at least been not that i want them to, to kill up rocky balboa or, or right but if if he'd have gotten cancer and he'd have died or something that would have been a true passing of the torch it would have been something you didn't necessarily expect Um, and and we wouldn't have to deal with yet another rocky doing something else uh instead you know they didn't didn't have the guts for that um but i do like the concept of creed too which was matching up you know the son of apollo and the son of Mm -hmm. uh, drago and um so for that reason alone it's good that i guess that movie happened but I don't know. Uh, they don't hold a candle to Rocky Balboa, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, anyway, what the fuck were we talking about before I got off on this? <laughs> we were on the uh, we were on the uh, Thunderlips train, and well, we uh, passed Thunderlips. I think we got off that. Oh, well, we were talking about when his mansion. Was, yes. Yeah, he was getting his uh, um, dedi- that that iconic statue. They were doing yes. a dedication ceremony, and <clears throat> that's where Mr. T, uh, you know, kind of blindsides him again and says. Uh, he ain't fought nobody and, and he pities him because he's a fool. <laughs> I don't and, hate that. Uh, and then, you know, he, he insults his wife, like you alluded to. And then uh, Rocky's like, you know, all right, I'm going to fucking kick your ass. And then Mick is like, he'll knock you into tomorrow, Rock. And doesn't, doesn't want to fucking. And he said, you know, it's my job to keep you safe and keep you winning. And, uh, worst thing that happened or the worst thing that can happen to any fighter is uh you get civilized and well, Rocky apparently is too civilized to go off and fight mr t and his crazy ass so. i uh i have a i have another great meredith scene in line but i'll i'll let you uh keep going in the movie because we'll we'll get to that part and i can allude to it then all right. Well, let's see if we wrote down the same thing, I suppose. 
but you know, so Rocky anyway, he was going to retire at this dedication ceremony of his statue and uh, you know, all this shit went down with Mr. T and then uh, Burgess Meredith, Mickey kind of tells him that um, he's sort of been making these fights easier for him. Um, and then Rocky says he can't retire knowing that. And he asks him to train him one last time. And, you know, there's, there's some pushback, but ultimately Mickey relents. Um, and then they decide to like start training montage number two. <laughs> so. Now is this at the hotel or at the ballroom? Yeah. So they go to that hotel at that kind of chic hotel with a big sign up front that says heavyweight champ trains here daily. Yes. And it's more That's of a right. gift shop. Than a gym, you know, it's just all this memorabilia and, and yeah. merchandise for kids to buy and shit. Um, and Mickey's like, go to the old gym. And, you know, Rocky's like, relax, enjoy this. And he's just taking pictures with models and shit. And, and this is after he tells them, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll live in the gym, Mick. Like, you know, I promise I'll just do right. whatever. <laughs> and then, you know, so the second training montage is, is basically made up of Rocky just kind of like, you know, phoning it in, doing goofy stuff, you know, taking pictures with girls. Well, um, you know, Clubber Lang is in an old gym, just crushing it and getting you know and angrier and angrier um so did i did i go past the uh the line you were saying oh no the, the line i was gonna say was when uh <clears throat> right before he fights um clubber for the first time um but i do want to point out uh mr frank stallone singing oh, in the, oh yes in the bar. <laughs> no everybody's one's gonna... favorite stallone frank <laughs> He looks so much like him. I did notice in the I noticed in the credits that he was credited as one of the fighters too. Hmm. So I don't yeah, know if maybe he's in a training scene with a helmet on so you don't see his profile too much. Yeah, I think this was back in the days when Sly was putting Frank in quite a few things and you yeah. know, whatever, good for him. I never had a huge issue with Frank Stallone, other than now he's turned into a kind of weirdo crackpot, but uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, he, he's fine. You know, he's one of those guys like Joe Piscopo or something that just gets perpetually made fun of because of <laughs> reasons, I guess. <laughs> but, <Right. laughs> but I never had a problem with him. So I think it's cool that Stallone put him in there. And also, wasn't Sage Stallone, his son, um, in one of these? Was it five? It was five, yeah. The late yeah. the late Sage Stallone. Is... Yeah, the late Sage. I remember, yeah, he died. Rocky Jr. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he was in Daylight, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So um, Apollo is a commentator now, um, and you know he's seeing all the saying all the former champ stuff. You know what all these former champs say when they're in the uh, <laughs> commentary <laughs> ring, talking you know talking about Rocky and, and stuff like that. So, and this is where Clubber goes. What do you say, paper champion? <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And he said, "You made me wait too long. You a bum." <laughs> <laughs> and just talking all his, his great shit. So. Uh, he even challenges Creed right at the beginning of the fight. So so Creed and Rocky are in the ring getting ready to <laughs> getting ready to mix it up themselves. And then uh, Clubber starts going after after Creed. So Clubber is so funny in that he is just he's on ten the whole movie too. Yeah. And when he's fighting, he's like a rabid dog. He like makes growling noises. <laughs> yeah. He's he's great. Like I said, he mm -hmm. Mr. T goes for it, and uh, you know it's awesome. It's funny too because his most famous role, obviously, is the A Team, and, and obviously he was he must have been someone of some note, 
before that and i was too young to to remember what what else he was in between this and the a-team but um but you know I, I, he was like the the face of that show no no absolutely as opposed to face but <laughs> right that face man but the face yeah. of the show absolutely he was the he was the drawing point for kids the dude had his own cartoon and cereal after they yeah uh, lunch boxes and shit yeah yeah but but again for what i i, I was so was he a wrestler at any point did he know nope. well he did anything? he did okay i should clarify he did wrestle in wrestlemania one which okay. was in 84 85 i think 85 it was him and Hulk Hogan against. Okay, so that was already after this, though. So yeah, yeah it wasn't it wasn't yeah. that. But yeah, just action figures and the whole damn thing. Did that spur off of this movie? Spurred off the A team. But okay, so so you're saying he got the A team, then he became the the driving force of that show or the talk of that show, whatever. Right, right. And then all of a sudden, kids want a Mr. T cartoon and some right real. And- lunch boxes all right yeah i guess that makes sense but that's crazy that it you know his his star rose high and fast right it sure did yeah i'd say you know 84 to 87 or so is his sweet spot he was pretty he was in a lot of shit yeah um so maybe 82 to 87 sorry yeah I mean, otherwise, it has nothing to do with this podcast, Peter. Right? Fucking. <laughs> God damn it. Um, so the, the clubber winning scene is kind of weird. The music is like a like something out of a horror movie score. And uh, there's like all these overdubs and shit. It's, it's a weird scene. It, it was. <laughs> I, get it, I get that it's dramatic. Rocky's getting his ass beat. But mm-hmm. it's really like, it's like, it's, it's very weird. Then it goes to quiet Burgess Meredith slowly dying in the training room. Yeah. Then back right. to horror music getting whooped. Yep. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird, but I mean this movie fucking rules, so whatever. Mulligan, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and and Mickey's dying scene is terrific. I, you know, you know. Now you can make the argument that Stallone is bad in that scene. I, I there for a minute there, I was like Stallone, you're a little overdoing it here or underdoing it or somehow both. Uh, was- but. Overall, I just let me, let me make this argument. You can tell me if you agree. And I'll probably just change your mind with this awesome argument. <laughs> so he's over the top, uh, and and the movie doesn't help him shooting it the way it does. I think it's it's not well directed by Sly. So if you think he was giving a bad performance, he's also giving bad direction at this point as well. But um, he doesn't help himself, I guess. But uh, I feel like this character would sound and act and react and all the shit just like he did because i mean at the end of the day you know he's made some money but he's still just a, a beluga does not talk and talks like this so <laughs> that's uh that's my defense of that scene even though i, I do think sloan probably could have played it better or shot it better or both but. i i found myself like thinking the same thing like what he's saying is is kind of unintelligible at the moment um I was having some volume issues the whole movie. Like it would either be way too loud or I'd have to turn it up. And then the next scene would be super loud. So there was a part where I get it on uh, the, the Blu-ray collection that I got for like 1499 back when Creed came out. That's what I, that's where I went wrong. I rented it for 99 cents on Prime. (laughs) It was, it was free on the Roku channel. Yeah. That's probably. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well I've spent 99 cents on worse. Um, 
Yeah. So I was having issues hearing him. And then when he was talking, I, but then I'm like, but this is who he is. He's not, he's not an eloquent guy. He's not, you know, they, they could have cleaned that up sound wise, but I, I had no problem with it because it was, it was a raw, raw emotion scene. It was, you could see yeah. a little tear streaming down Burgess's face and I'm like, Oh yeah. God. Well, Burgess is perfect in it. Yeah. I mean, even though he's got to lay there, but as usual, he's still at 10. So he's right. you know, <laughs> crying. And, you know, he looks like he would be ready to die after this movie, but he went on, you know, for quite a while, a grumpy old man. And I don't know when he died, like 97 or something. It was, you know, somewhere after those sequels. Yeah. But yes, um, somewhere around 97, I would say. But I'm sure he was, what, 100 years old or close to it at that point? I he mean, was, yeah. He will train. Rocky, now that Mick is gone. Yeah. Mick we, dies, if, if we didn't make that clear. We, did not, <laughs> we, did not get, we didn't get to that part specifically, but I... We, All right, we, I, yeah, now I remember where we were. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more about John Lemon. <laughs> Jack Lemon, yeah. Jack Lemon, Walter Matthau, and Burgess Meredith. We don't need to talk anymore about it. No. All right, so, so yeah. It is not very important part of this movie. Mickey dies. We're past it now. Oh, we were talking about the way that scene was filmed. That's right. It. No, I know. But then, then he, he did not survive it. And he did not. No, he, Stallone's, Stallone's words didn't revive him. Right. Um, the, uh, the, one, the one thing I did want to say about one of Mick's last lines before he started getting really worse off health wise in the movie was you know rocky says well, what do i do and and all mick says is you know exactly what you're supposed to do it's like i'm paraphrasing a little bit but you should know exactly what you're supposed to do in, in essence saying you're a fighter go out there and fight don't don't worry about me go out there and do your job and i thought that was a kick-ass line like just you know who you are don't worry about me dying in here <laughs> yeah this movie is filled with scenes like that, like mm-hmm. Apollo, who, well, I guess I'll just, I'll move ahead to this and then I'll make my point. Uh, so uh, Mick dies and Apollo decides to to take over training Rocky and convinces him to uh, fight Clubber again for um, the title or to regain his title. Um, but he has this scene with him, you know, obviously the rivals and, and whatnot. And Apollo says, you know, we we both trained hard and, you know, did all the same stuff. Uh, but I didn't have that look. You did. Um, and then he won. So that's a good scene. That's another one of these yeah. scenes that's just written really, really well, really spot on. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't dip around in, in a lot of uh, platitudes. And it just, uh, it cuts right to the, the chase and the heart of the whole thing. Now, look, you know, again, Eye of the Tiger and all this stuff. But it's true. When, when Rocky was uh, getting his ass kicked the first time, it's because he went into that ring you know just well he was sad about mick but right. also or worried about mick at the time he wasn't dead yet but um but also you know he just he he doesn't doesn't have that same anger and hunger the way right. a, a young upstart does so, so people a- who criticize this movie for being a weak story you have all like you have all these things going for it you have all these motivations for rocky like don't don't come at me with this like oh it's just a, a sequel for sequel sake no there's a good yeah. story here and so yeah know. we'll get to some of the reviews later on but that's, that's kind of the, the was the general gist of it and and i don't know you know maybe you gotta try to 
give critics the benefit of the doubt a little bit. I mean, even in 2022 eyes or 2012 eyes or 2002 eyes, you're sitting there and, and this happens all the time where you're at the third movie of something and people start questioning, you know, is it just because we're making a ton of money off these and we got to keep the, the gravy train rolling? And I'm sure that's as much a part of this movie as, as any, you know, Hollywood right. business. They're, they're not green lighting sequels that aren't going to make money. Um, but there's, there's some that, you know, legitimately deserve to exist or sit alongside the, exactly. the movies that came before them. And exactly. Yeah. Whether it's, or not they started this one out with that intention or it was just a, it was a money grab or something. I don't know. They, they figured it out. They, they turned this right. into something that, you know, hits no pun intended. So. It's an annoying criticism for sequels that are good. Like they're missing, they're missing the point in my opinion. So yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, they again, they do make them just because there's more yeah. money on the table. But sure. uh, yeah, some they take. Not everybody has to be the the auteur thing where you conceive, you know, three movies or five movies <laughs> down the road. Right. You, know, you can you can have one that hits out of the box and then say, you know, I really like these characters. I want to tell another story with them or. Mm -hmm you know, writing this inspired me to also write this. So I've got another one in my back pocket, you know, ready to go. So I don't think it's always just the studio goes, okay, give us another one. And then, the, you know, some guys are in a room yeah. cranking some piece of shit out. So, <laughs> oh yeah. I, I don't, I don't know how this movie, they, they did say that at the end of Rocky two Sloan started trading immediately for this one. So I think they oh, did wow. know they were going to do a third one. I don't know if that means the script was already written or they just, you know, knew based on, the amount of money that was being thrown at them they were going to do it uh but it does sound like this wasn't something that was just the studio came to them and said okay we need another one of these crank some piece of shit out and, and that's right. what happened but um and then yeah and then he really does train hard and you can feel it that this is where you get training montage number three and uh you know rocky finally kind of becomes the rocky that you it is a little funny how he's just like right back yet you know he was he was sort of pussyfooting around for a little while and now he's you know <laughs> he looks like he's lost 20 pounds right <laughs> yeah that uh that third montage since we're since we're discussing all the montages that third one was was pretty fantastic i that's the uh that's the getting stronger that's the uh getting stronger yeah, yeah. which uh side funny sidebar um in the office building I used to work in, if you ever went down to the basement and didn't want to wait for the elevator, you'd have to walk up like three flights of stairs. And so I would sing yeah. that in my head as, as a, I'd walk up, as a yeah. as a funny little joke. <laughs> well, this isn't the montage where he and uh, this uh, isn't the oh the this one. isn't the this isn't the one where they're like jumping around this the beach. This oh, is, this isn't running on we, the beach one. Okay. Yeah, so this is the one where he's uh, you know training to fight. Apollo, or not Apollo, but um, clever, clever. So, yeah. so we jump back a little bit here because we mentioned that he, you know, already got in the ring and all this stuff. But um, yeah, so so there's it's when he decides to get out of his stupid, you know, hotel and then go train, you know, more back with, you know, all the kids in the in the gyms. Yeah, and um, learning you know, how to dance with uh, with with yeah, Apollo. Right. Apollo's trying to teach him some rhythm. And yeah, and Paulie's saying stuff like he can't box to this jungle music or whatever. I was like, oh Jesus! <laughs> so there you have your first clue. This was 1982, or not? Yes, exactly. 
I was waiting. Wait I was waiting for a worse from. I was waiting for worse from him after a while. Yeah, right. Well, it is a PG movie, so right. <laughs> you're safe as far as that goes. But um, so yeah, I guess Stallone said he got his uh, body fat down to an all-time low of two point six percent for this movie, and he he's weighed freaking... one hundred fifty-five pounds, even though the movie says things like he's two hundred one pounds. And then even when he that scene you were saying where the guy's like, "Oh, he looks like he lost twenty pounds or whatever," mm. he's still at um, you know still one fifty. Yeah. He's pretty shredded. He's pretty damn yeah. shredded, though, in this movie. Yeah, I mean, just he, he looks like such a natural, natural boxer, too. Right. Well, yeah, I, I, I put that down at the end when we talk about that final fight. But uh, yeah, this is fucking Stallone, man. He's yeah, he's the man, the Duke. Uh, and, you know, he's saying stuff like, um, you know. I, I don't want to lose what I got. And he's scared now of losing uh, his, his wife and kids. And when he was younger, he didn't care. He'd go get, you know, his head pounded in and yeah. he's trying to explain to Apollo why he doesn't have that look that, that Apollo referenced, um, which he eventually says, I had the tiger like 15 times. Mm-hmm. About. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and again, now we have a scene that's a little over the top, um, but I and don't have a true defense for it, but, you know, it's it's just it's good. These, these characters feel like they're saying and acting exactly how they they would, or, or yeah. what we've been led to believe over the last two movies with them, how they would. So uh, I don't know if you had written down anything about Talia, Talia Shire, but well, yeah, you did. What do you got? <laughs> oh, just that. Okay, so. I, yeah, I would say the first 45 minutes of the movie, all she gets is like a few lines and a few like, like worried glances or happy glances. Uh, and then I, and I wrote it down. I'm like, she's just kind of a, she's just a placeholder basically. But then that scene on the beach where they kind of finally have this conversation, I'm, I'm really glad that they did that and didn't just make her this, this that's his wife. She doesn't really yeah. talk much. She just had to bring her back. Yep, there she is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So remember when we started? I said, I, you know, well, not when we started, but somewhere in the midst of this, I said um, I thought everybody was great with minor reservations. <laughs> and I had a feeling that's who you were going to say. He's the minor reservation. She's yeah. not particularly good in any of this, and I, I, I don't know if it's her fault. The part seems wildly truncated or, or like she is just there because they had to bring her back or yeah. Rocky somebody to have an emotional uh, you know or at least a romantically emotional thing with it and, and they're fine together she's fine but she's mm-hmm. you know not utilized much and then when she is there's that scene you reference which I, I did note that I think they brought it home like a lot of these more goofy scenes do mm-hmm. eventually um, yeah that all said, I don't know if it <laughs> makes she's up not, for much. Yeah. Trust me, she's the, yeah. She is not a. Uh, she is not the star of the any of the uh, uh, any of these movies. Like she's she's good in certain ones, but at the end, like I just feel like they could have had. I know that yeah. she's kind of pensive and whatnot, but they could have had a more dynamic personality or yeah, a little more soul to their character range or whatever. Yeah, I. I don't have a problem with her. I, this wasn't yeah. set up to be like, I, I never liked her. Or she sucks in all these movies. I just think she's underused or poorly used in this one. And I also don't think she does herself any favors with the, the couple dramatic scenes she has. I think she is 
good for him in the first, at least one. Um, again, I don't recall too, too much, but um, I don't think I lost the thread with her until this one. I, I think she was, she was good in all those and they yeah. she, she had a reason to exist in them. Um, this is the first one where she feels a little extraneous and she rallied and then they tried a cheap emotional moment or, or, or expositional right. moment or both. And that felt a little hackneyed too, but I don't remember her much in four. Uh, I know that in five, five is a, five is a good one. Cause it's so different than the first four right. in terms of, of where they're leading it. Ask what you thought of her. Well, I was, I was talking about her in Rocky five. I thought they gave her some, some more meat to her role, but. I was wondering, like, what you thought of her in, like, The Godfather. I don't know many other movies she was in besides The Rockies and The Godfathers, but I, was, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, again, you know, fine. She does that sort of concerned, weepy, mm-hmm. emotional, supportive thing well. I think she's... Yeah. I think she's always been fine. Everything I've seen. She hasn't never really made a huge impression where I'm just like, oh, you know, Talia Shire right. is one of her, you know, best actresses or most right. underrated or whatever, but... Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll give her props for, for being... A leading lady in a movie like that but at the same time they probably could have they could have maybe not probably but they could have done something different yeah in, in rocky three you mean yeah she's not like right holding up the movie or anything so i i think they just wanted her back and that's probably they just didn't have a whole lot for her. i mean when you think about it th- this movie's got a lot of different characters in it all kind of fighting for time and it's a pretty short movie as it is, which I appreciate. And I'm glad they didn't get too much into the weeds with some of this stuff. So as much as we're sitting here saying like, oh, this person didn't have a meaty role or they ended that scene too too soon or whatever. I, I much prefer that to drawing this shit out to like 147 minutes. And <laughs> right. right. This is yeah. it's a perfect movie as it is. And I don't mind long movies. I'm not one of those guys. I'm just saying, it, you know, a movie like this, you want it to hit fast, hard. And, you know, that's. You don't, yeah. you don't need it to it's not if if you're making an ali documentary or want to do a really heavy drama like million dollar baby or something like that you know where boxing is just sort of the, the background of the whole thing then, mm-hmm. then so be it but a movie like this where you know exactly what it is and what you're getting you want it to just bam yeah. bam bam so, yeah and it does that so if at the expense of talia shire i'll i'll, I'll allow it <laughs> um so then we get the next training montage after he he loses to Clover. It's it's the comeback. Um, I guess all of a sudden he wants it, you know. Or whereas <laughs> Apollo is telling him he didn't he didn't want it, or You're right. <laughs> he was telling everybody he didn't want it. Um, you know, he he's gonna gonna train harder and faster and smarter and stronger and all that stuff, and that's what leads <laughs> to the yep. <laughs> the secret. That's the that's the montage. Okay, yeah, that is a. <laughs> And it's, it's silly, you know, but it it hits you. I mean, yeah. he's he's kicking all kinds of ass, and, mm-hmm. uh, and it leads to that memed, you know, Apollo and Rocky jump hugging in the ocean. <laughs> Did that become a meme? Okay, I was gonna say when I was watching- people use it all the time when you know if, if you and I were to agree on something on Twitter. Like, <laughs> That's that. right. That's <laughs> right. You're right. It has been. <laughs> and the um, uh, the close ups on on uh, on their hogs while they're running yeah. on the beach i'm like well you're supposed to be looking at their fucking legs dude i know i know <laughs> all that tone and muscle <laughs> how how much more fit and shape he is right right that's totally what i was watching okay <laughs> <laughs> um but that moment even gets a freeze frame so not only you know which is kind of weird in, in the middle of the fucking movie <laughs> 
there aren't too many movies that do the mid-movie freeze frame, but right. when they do, it's either like does totally deserves it, or or it's fucking weird and doesn't belong. And this movie, one hundred percent, after that uh, yeah. epic montage, that's like we all should have sat for a moment, <laughs> contemplated, we just saw the plot, and then move yeah. on with the film. <laughs> It was yeah, it was almost like 147 a, minutes if they would allow 20 minutes after every montage for us to all just like <laughs> an intermission where you clap. Yeah. <laughs> they just show you highlights from the montage again. That'd be great. <laughs> right. Yeah, I had the biggest fucking smile on my face after that one. And that's why um I, I was gonna talk a little bit more about the Rocky movies, but we've kind of been doing it throughout this, so I'll just jump in onto four here for a second. Yeah, that's fine. That one gets so much more praise as what this movie is, right? So like mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's like, oh, it's it's the training montages, they're it's so fucking eighties, it's the ultimate eighties movie, you know. And I get he's fighting a Russian, so maybe that's the thing that makes it more ultimate than this one. But yeah. this movie is is far and away a a better movie it's got yeah. more montages better montages and that one you know sloan's in the snow and dragon wood and shit and, like it, it's good it's a good montage but mm-hmm. it's not I, I don't know man this one with him on the beach and shit's way better oh yeah jumping open and all the stuff he's doing not and a then, big fan of, not a big fan of four i don't mind it but it's 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 very really? 1986 or an 85 it's just very but the people who love it would say yes and that's what makes it great and that's sure. what we love it about it and blah blah, blah. And, and i totally get that because there's just tons of movies from that era that i would say the exact same thing about however rocky three is right fucking there like why is four the one i mean three is just as over the top if not more in in, in way better in it's sort of 80s excess than yeah than four but um, totally agree i don't know um yeah, it's so, funny. Well, I was gonna say earlier when we were talking, I was thinking in my head, we should ju- we should do like a special episode where we dive into each Rocky, but we kind of have, with the exception of me not seeing Balboa. I was like, I've seen yeah. everyone except I've never seen five. Like sat down, and watched it all. Oh, you through. did? Okay. Um, which, like I said, I bought that DVD set so I can theoretically watch it anytime. So, um, yeah, I mean, sure, I I do that shit, but yeah, but yeah, four always just felt a little. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I felt like people were ignoring this one over that one or something, and I really don't quite get that. But yeah. But anyway, so yes, I I, I love that that montage, and um, you know, then you get into the the whole ring with uh, Apollo, and Apollo says, "I'm gonna bust you up," and Rocky's big reply is, "Go for it." Go for it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that sucks. Like we can we can get a better line than that. Like <laughs> you want to know just, you want to know something funny is the go for it was the tagline for Rocky Five. Oh and yeah, yeah, and there's a rap. And he's got his hand like a V. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There's a. Did that become a thing after this movie? Did people start saying "Go for it"? Was that like the I don't. Phrase? I don't think so. I think it's just. I think I don't know if that was a callback to three or if they just coincidence i don't even know well, i'll give four of this it's got better better lines i guess than, yeah. <laughs> than anything with one. lundgren anything with lundgren's gonna have some good shit yeah well go for it yeah i'm gonna bust you up <laughs> I, i'm gonna bust you up it's kind of dumb too but at least when he said it you know mr t says it like i'm gonna bust you and you're like oh uh-huh. shit and the rock is just like go for go it, for it. Like, what <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, um, but anyway, that the fight is so fucking good that the last yeah. you know, five minutes of this movie are just 
it's it, like we were talking about earlier. I said I was going to mention it too. Stallone looks amazing. You know, yeah. and I don't know how much of this has some body double action or whatever when you're seeing him from behind and whatnot, but there's plenty of shots where it's face on or profile or whatever. And you know, damn well, it's him, you know, moving that way, mm-hmm. uh, looking, looking that professional. Um, and it's just, you know, and, and Mr. T is a truck in this and, he, you know, he's huge. And, uh, there's still there's all that you know get up and just it's it's Mm -hmm. a perfect perfect fucking boxing scene so yeah i like the uh i like the guy i have no idea what his name is i know he was in rocky four and five but he's he's apollo's well he must have been in one and two then yeah he's the guy who's in one and two sorry he's apollo's trainer throughout all of it and then he becomes rocky's trainer with that guy is that guy is probably in his 50s he's a tank too man like that dude I think looks- he's in uh, Belbo, and I think he's the one he? I referred to when I said okay. I'll start making some curtain bombs or whatever. Right. <laughs> the curtain. Oh, he's is he the one that says curtain bombs? Uh, hurtin' bombs. Oh, hurtin' bombs. I thought he's okay. <laughs> that that makes more sense. Yeah. Before you're just like, yeah, that's great, Ron, you fucking idiot. And now you're like, hurtin' bomb. <laughs> Why is he like that scene? What? Guess I'll just agree with him. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> fucking, I'm such a deaf motherfucker, dude. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, it's an honest mistake, but I'd have been like, like, huh? Curtain? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and this is where Rocky starts going, you ain't so bad. You ain't so bad. He just says that like, a oh, yeah. Time. That's pretty funny. And he, and he basically just pulls a rope-a-dope on him, right? I'm not even a boxing guy, but I know from fucking Broken Arrow that uh, a rope-a-dope is what Muhammad Ali and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and Zaire. And, uh, yeah, Delray Lindo taught me that, man. <laughs> <laughs> Only saw that movie once, too, which is probably a pretty shameful. Yeah, I know. That's, that's a good I one. I like that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so so it's a rope-a-dope, right? He tires him out. Yep, makes him tires him out. Then he just comes back and beats the shit out of him. And, I mean whatever and a sly you know here here's the difference between me and uh, schwarzenegger with with sylvester stallone mm-hmm. i didn't do this but i would have done this and in the theater for rocky balboa several people did this stallone makes you want to get up and just like fucking pump your arms and cheer and all this and, and whether yeah. it's it's this movie or some shit like uh i don't know cobra or something it's the stallone kind of like has that arnold does not and i'm not saying arnold's worse than sly because of her worst actor or anything like that but if if you wonder why i go sly or or i see and and i just kind of realize this about myself watching this movie like if if i ever wonder why i gravitate towards him more or think his movies are better i think that's that x factor that uh schwarzenegger just doesn't have yeah or or a lot of people i don't don't know i'm dumping on schwarzenegger just because everybody compares the two of them but oh yeah um, yeah no i mean (laughs) It's yeah. Arnold Arnold could play comedy. He could do action, but there is always this this stiffness to him, or just like you don't get yeah. you don't get Rocky from any Schwarzenegger movie. You don't get right. that character that like the facial expressions, the the emotion right. that, that he gives. Like yeah, he's not always he's not always unbeatable. Right. And, and if yeah. he is, he'll come back. Schwarzenegger is too much of a tank to you know yeah. really. And, and so when, whenever he's in danger or trouble, you never really feel like he's the underdog <laughs> at any point. Right. Um, and even, even later on when he tried to kind of do what Sloan did and kind of do his, his old, old man action movies and stuff like that, 
Um, and, you know, they, they keep alluding to him being older or, you know, he plays a character who's got heart problems or whatever it is. It's not really felt very, like, sympathetic or, or right. worried about Schwarzenegger the way no. you think, you know, Stallone and Rocky Balboa and Creed and all that could yeah. die at any minute. So, right. Um, yeah, I, I think there is a, a distinct difference between them that way or, or at least in drama. And Sly, you know, can really pull out that sort of emotion that, mm-hmm. that Arnold can't. But again, it's not just about Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think that's a credit to Stallone that he's underrated and overlooked for being yeah. able to accomplish that. Because you can say, well, this is just a dumb, you know, action movie. It, it, it knows exactly what to do to pull at the, the heartstrings or make people cheer or whatever. But I, I don't I don't think you have this movie without Sylvester Stallone. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, so anyway, then we get our uh, second freeze frame where they... <laughs> <laughs> all jump up in victory. <laughs> yeah. So four uh, fucking um, montages, montages, and two freeze frames. Um, there's actually a third freeze frame too. Are you talking? Are you talking about the the very end? Uh, there's a freeze I think frame. I'm talking about right before the end. There's a when freeze he beats, frame, like when in, he the, beats. in the midst of all that. Yeah. yeah. And then okay, so, so yeah. it ends with all right. So there is a third. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, of course, there had to be. Uh-huh. <laughs> and back um, in the eye of the tiger, too. <laughs> yeah, it, it also kind of ends before it turns into full-on gay porn. So. <laughs> <laughs> there, <laughs> still right. Apollo at the end of this. Yeah. I was like, there's an end, 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 and finally it did. <laughs> yeah, I... I didn't mean to. Not that I, I care. I, I hope that that all happened afterwards, but <laughs> kids in the room. I don't I know. Hope, I hope they're all happy with it. Four could have been a way better movie, man. <laughs> I've left Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with Apollo now. I could still fight. <laughs> it's like you don't have that look anymore, Rock. <laughs> I had a tiger. Uh... <laughs> Oh, Christ, thank <laughs> All right, I've got some facts to discuss about this movie real quick. Okay. Uh, I just, I wrote my notes, discuss facts, so we'll see if these are actually interesting. Um, I, I think we talked about the first one, which is the whole Joe Frazier thing. Yep. Um, so, I guess I don't really have any more facts. Um, Rocky <laughs> Three was released theatrically on May 28, 1982. Uh Received generally mixed reviews with praise for its action sequences and music, but criticism for its screenplay, with some critics meaning the film unnecessary, as we talked about, which just seems completely bonkers. But maybe, again, we're viewing that with the lens of maybe they weren't inundated with sequels back then the way we are now. And maybe they just thought anything that's on its third movie has just got to really show and prove or or it's got to be a joke or something. The third but, movie was not as common back then for sure yeah and when it was it was stuff like star wars right and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You know, Indiana jones and back to the future and even that was after a lot of this mm-hmm. uh anyway it grossed 270 million worldwide which uh would be near 900 million in today's dollars that's so insane. you're talking marvel money for a rocky movie back in yep. 1982 in terms of tickets sold at least. right and it's, got, um, and it's got Mr. T and Hulk Hogan in it. Like that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's, it's, yeah. Oh, and, and Burgess Meredith. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> he, he, he literally is the best part of this movie. He is the MVP of this movie. We yeah, don't need to yeah, give him right. Not best part. It's all an ensemble, but uh, 
MVP yeah. for sure. He's the one that really stands out. So, mm-hmm. um, so it's at 67% on Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes, 42 reviews. Um, you know, it says it's noticeably subject to a lot of diminishing returns, but still has enough brawny spectacle to stand in the ring with the franchise's better entries. I, again, think that is under underselling it massively so yeah i um, agree it's hard to know what these rotten tomato scores nowadays too because they only have whatever ones they could scrounge up from you know major critics at the time that are still out there on the internet and that's why there's only 42 reviews so who knows what the general the actual consensus looked like back then but cinema score grade was a plus which means audiences loved it and like i said you don't go on to make uh you know 270 million worldwide and 82 dollars without uh right obviously liking it so so yeah that's rocky three i'm glad we both agree on it i'm starting to wonder when we're gonna have a movie we don't agree on and then we can really have a it could you know... be it could be our next film <laughs> <laughs> okay peter why don't you tell everybody what our next film is <laughs> well okay before before i get into that i'm wondering if i could go piss since i've had three beers yeah. in the water all right uh all right, i'm gonna grab another beer i'll pause the recording all right i'm gonna grab a this meeting is being recorded uh, I don't know if I paused that before. I thought I did, but I thought you did. I thought I heard it say no. Oh, see, I was paused. Okay. Well, I had to hit it twice to get it to uh, unpause, so that made me think I just paused it now and then had to unpause it. I don't know, man. I'm pretty drunk, but <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna shout. The last thing you said was I was wondering if I can go piss, and I'm gonna shout no. And they're gonna be like, okay, Corky. Right. Okay. Here we go. Three, two, one. No! God damn it. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, people should put us in their little uh, skit advertising pronto. Right. <laughs> Would you like me to uh, lead us into the next movie? Yeah, Peter, why don't you do that? Yeah, um, this is going to, I don't know if this is going to be an interesting discussion or not. Um, our next movie is Porky's. Uh, directed by Bob Clark, who I, I'm going to say this right now because I feel like I'm going to ramble about it a lot. Uh, but Bob Clark went on to do the movie The Christmas Story, which is one of my favorite holiday movies. Not top five. It's definitely top ten. Uh, it's a movie very endearing to me. What's and, number one? Uh, uh, number one Christmas movie? one right it's answer a, here, Peter. It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, Die Hard 2, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I would have accepted Die Hard, but you you went hard. I know. So I went, take, I uh, went to Frank Capra bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Die Hard 2 is the correct answer. Yes. Okay. So. All right. So anyways. Uh, I, wait, wait, before you jump in, this, let me just say this too, because I don't want to have to circle back to this in 20 minutes. But he also directed Black Christmas, the slasher film. Uh, and then this, A Christmas Story and Rhinestone. He did uh, Rhinestone? Yes, among other things in the '90s, such as Loose Cannons, the uh, Ooh, Aykroyd, Hackman. Yeah, yep. That movie is fucking weird. It's uh, bad. <laughs> Popcorn, a horror movie from the time that some people are all of a sudden coming around to and telling me it's good on Twitter, but it, it's not. And uh, Baby Geniuses. Oh, wow! Which, yeah, I've unfortunately his career graph is you know <laughs> looks like a. Goddamn uh, heart monitor. Right. <laughs> but anyway, so like, I mean, like, it's it's crazy to think that he uh, directed 
you know, the, the, a slasher movie and then this and then a Christmas area. Like, he's, yeah, he wasn't uh, he wasn't he wasn't uh, blocking himself in with walls in terms of what he wanted to do movie wise. No, he uh, he is R.I.P. as of 2007. Uh, he and his son were killed in a head on car crash in uh, on Pacific Coast Highway and Pacific Palisades in L.A. How old was he? Across the median and hit him. Um, I don't know. I think seventy-ish or something. I think okay, that's there. But... That's tragic. I don't remember exactly. Are we both gonna look it up? <laughs> uh, Bob Clark, thirty-nine to 07 would have made him like oh sixty-seven. Oh, okay, so, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um. All right. Back to back to this movie. Yeah, back to this movie. Um. Would you like me to give my opinion on it first before you go into the story? Uh, only because you think we're going to potentially disagree on it. <laughs> All right, and I'm going to try not to. I'm going to try and do it without saying some of the things I scene wise I want to criticize. But movie wise, I did not like the movie. There's things I appreciate about it, but I I could not wait for this movie to end. Uh. That's pretty much that's pretty much my general thoughts on it. But I'll, I'll keep going as we as we go along. But that's my that's my Rotten Tomatoes two sentence review of it. Okay, should I wait to say what I think of it, or do you want to just get that out of the way? Well, I think we we can't keep people in suspense. All right. Well, our streak is alive. This movie is a piece of shit. Okay. So I, <laughs> I uh, oh, continue God. to wait for a movie we'll disagree on. Yeah. Um, it's not just a piece of shit from a 2022 lens, although sure, obviously, like one of the things about this podcast is watching these movies. We're going to and, and yeah, you know, pointedly so come across you know all these all these differences in uh, society and, and all this kind of stuff. What we consider to be um, you know okay, yeah. and we're <laughs> it might be the first movie that we both find to be a piece of shit, though, in terms of the ones we've watched yeah i mean death wish 2 is kind of exploitive more mm-hmm. so than this i mean this this movie is oh know, yeah this is just dumb remedial frolics compared to that but um at least there's that you can make the argument that it's an adult movie focusing on you know adult problems and you know this is stuff that happens and we just happen to need a vigilante like Charles Bronson to go out there and apparently you know, take care of business. So right. it's not, it's not a good movie by any means, and it doesn't warrant rapes and, and you know the teenage nudity and stuff like that. Yeah. But regardless, it, it, it at least is a is a film that somebody <laughs> took some money and <laughs> and equipment uh-huh. <laughs> and went out and made <laughs> with right. some sort of intent. This movie got made because uh, the director, who you, who you referenced, Bob Clark, um, he needed to, he, he wrote this movie and, and was shopping it all around town and nobody would take it. And he was laid up with mono at the time. Okay. Because, whatever, I don't know how he got it. <laughs> Making out with yeah, chicks, like, probably. Well, so so he, he had another movie that he was trying to make and then he got mono and him and his screenwriting partner um they wrote they came up with this i guess bob clark dictated it to him on the phone this other guy shopped it all around hollywood nobody wanted to take it and finally they took it to somebody in canada and they would make it uh but because 
they wanted the, this Canadian tax break, only Bob Clark could take credit for the writing on it. Okay. And so I don't know why I brought all that up. What the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> we're talking about why the hell is this movie even made? <laughs> oh, right. So it's a Canadian tax write-off, essentially. Yeah. And <laughs> well, I hope I hope he was okay when his 83 taxes roll around because that might have been the only good thing. I don't know, man. I'm going to cut that whole fucking section out. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. No, I'm going to do it over. I'm going to do it better. All right. All right. <clears throat> I don't remember what I was coming out of though when we started talking about this. Um, that I don't remember either. <laughs> um, so Bob Clark, <laughs> I think we already got off. But yeah. <laughs> he also made a 1967 movie called She-Man. Here is oh. the plot of this movie. A soldier is forced to take estrogen and wear lingerie when he's blackmailed by a violent transvestite. Wow. She Man, a Bob Clark film in 1967. And this, now, is the guy, this is the guy who gave us the Christmas story. It's so weird to me. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he has a very interesting filmography, uh, Weaving Wildly. I wrote this. I'm not plagiarizing it off Wikipedia. I, this, these are my words. I'm just reading it from yeah. my words. So it's going to sound like I'm <laughs> reading somebody else's words. Yeah. He, he has a very interesting filmography, Weaving Wildly. My words, between horror, comedy, family films, and TV. Other familiar titles include all the fucking ones we already said because I jumped back in my notes. <laughs> you guys, you, you motherfuckers want to hear them again? Here it is, Black Christmas, A Christmas Story, Rhinestone, Loose Cannons, Popcorn, Baby Geniuses. It's wow. including not limited to those titles for Popcorn. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> now... No. On to that other story I was trying to tell you. Every Hollywood studio turned them down, but a Canadian film company was willing to finance it, but it had to be made in Canada to obtain government tax benefits. For some reason, this meant Clark got sole writing credit, but his writing partner was reimbursed on the sequel. So no bad blood, I guess. His partner says it's crazy to think that in a movie which earned 200 million worldwide and these are uh 82 dollars again so you can triple that shit yep uh <clears throat> oh it made bonkers money yeah was done as a tax shelter but that's the way it was so saith uh his last name is swaybill i don't know if i wrote down his first name <laughs> <laughs> crack uh, investigation team. Roger, Roger Swaybill. I did write it down, but it was really little at the bottom of the page, so that's why I didn't see it there. So, they were trying to make another movie in 1979, right? Yeah. Uh, he, Bob Clark got stuck with mono. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he dictated his story to his writing partner, Roger Swaybill. That name again, Swaybill. Yeah. Peter, every Hollywood studio passed, but a Canadian film company was willing to make it, but to obtain the Canadian government tax benefits, for some reason, this meant Clark got sole writing credit. But Swaybill was reimbursed on the sequel, so no bad blood, I guess. We don't know. He could have been the driver of that truck. Uh, and then Swabel says it's crazy to think that this movie, which earned 200 million worldwide and 82 dollars, 
was done as a tax write-off, but that's the way it was. Good for them. You you carry on with what you want to say about this movie now. All right. <laughs> Let me just I'll just give you my uh my the things that stick out to me. I'll I as watching these movies in a more analytical uh viewpoint now, I'll I will not completely trash a movie if there's something that warrants it. I liked the energy of the movie. Like it is it's bonkers. It's it's not like, me. I thought it was slow as fuck. <laughs> See, there we go. <laughs> it felt like it took forever, man. What are you talking about? The energy of the movie. This movie has ah. a Porky's is a thing of this movie for five minutes, and its fucking name is Porky's. I still have no idea why. Yeah. <laughs> of all the things they could have named it. That's like Jason Takes Manhattan, where they didn't film it in Manhattan or whatever, and it only spends, like, you know, like five minutes in Manhattan. But that they didn't have to name this. It's not like Porky's Takes Manhattan. No. No, like, they could have named this anything else. Like, uh, you know, I get why they named it Porky's. I mean, that's a name, right? You're gonna, yeah. not gonna have a character named Porky with a, a establishment named Porky's. But why didn't they spend more time in Porky's, man? Like, they're renting out a bar. Actually, it would have been better to just use that than the high school. They probably had to spend money on. <laughs> I guess. I guess when I say energy, uh, the the actors are all game to whatever shit script they're given. Uh, yes, movie wise, execution what actors, man. I what's up? What actors? Exactly. I don't know any of these fuckers. <laughs> I, I didn't mean like their names. I just meant nobody's acting in this movie. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't want to dump on this movie either. I, that was a shit thing to say. Like, I, I, <laughs> no, it's I'm okay. seriously, I think there's people who are just sitting here being like, oh man, here we go. There's going to trash everything about this movie that's easy to trash. That's not what I want to do at all because I like a lot of movies like this. This yeah. one I just think is a total piece of shit. I, I need to I need to dump on this scene right away because it's literally my main takeaway. Um, there's some scenes in movie history to me that I just get visual or yeah visually emotionally physically angry at, and one of them is from this movie and it's the Kim Cattrall sex scene in mm. the in the gym which goes on. I mean, the her screaming goes on for like probably two minutes and it was one of the worst two minutes i've ever experienced watching a movie it was driving me in i had to mute it the last 20 seconds i was like i cannot listen to this fucking shit and it was and like people keep laughing in the gym then they cut back to that and she's still screaming and like it's still going on like this could have been a 10 second bit yeah you're right that scene was hot and uh i i don't know why <laughs> 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 no, I'm just kidding. That was really dumb. It was a dumb scene. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm, I'm glad you you threw that out there, but I'm gonna back way up. Uh, the first insane thing about this movie is that it starts with the 20th Century Fox iconic score. You know the fucking it's it's from something called Astral Films Productions, and the Astral Films logo is what's on the screen. So playing the 20th Century Fox theme, I did not understand that at all. Yeah, that that's weird. I, I almost wondered, like, at some point, if it was a, and I know this is incorrect, but, you know, Fox distributed it, they threw it in front of it, and then, like, I don't know, now on whatever this edition of it is, sure, they plaster that over. But that's not probably what happened, I'm sure. So, I don't know. That, that's just one of those thoughts that ran through my head, and I was like, no, Ron, that's fucking stupid. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> Could be some uh, Canadian tax write-off thing, for all we know. <laughs> Oh yeah, they're like you got to use the Fox theme. We dare you, and that's the only. Yeah. 
So Porky's is this honky tonk bar that these uh, high school kids want to go to because you know Shakespeare, etc., all the crazy stuff that goes on. And it's another one of these movies where everybody's high school experience is way more exciting than your high school experience. Right. I mean, these kids are somehow. What? 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 Hold on. We buried this. This movie <laughs> takes place in 1954. Correct. So. Correct. And I don't want to go back to Bob Clark for a second, <laughs> but I'm gonna. He supposedly wrote this uh, as something having to do with his uh, experience in high school. That's uh, I'm, <laughs> the reason I was studying there is I was like trying to searching for the quote, but that's essentially the gist of it. That he, you know, he, he said he wrote this about about him and his five buddies in high school in 1954. Okay. Which, Guess gets him off the hook for some of the shit I'm about to talk about, but <laughs> but not by much. <laughs> no, not by much. But also, it's uh, just weird to think that. So we say things like uh, all these high schools and these teen movies are just these crazy parties and everybody's drunk mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. That's fake enough. But then this is 1954, where these kids really doing this shit like i mean going to bars like porkies and right and uh, cutting holes well I, I assume i mean there was a lot less of that type of shenanigan going on like 1954 right you know? uh i don't know if there's really much to say about porkies is there like yeah it's the movie <laughs> do you want me just to read all my notes yeah go ahead uh so this guy wakes up with a boner <laughs> yeah his mom walks in yeah uh, he hides it with a dumb excuse, uh-huh. as as per these films. She leaves. He measures it. He has a size chart. Guys, apparently shrinking. Gosh. It's that kind of movie. She's this is nose. within the first two minutes yeah, of this. This, shit. Is, this is yeah, literally after the Fox logo plays over Ashtray <laughs> films or whatever, and so. <laughs> This sets the tone for it, you know, kind of like American Pie and, you know, where he's jerking off into a sock or whatever before the fucking mm-hmm. um, catches him. All right. There is immediately a bunch of racist dialogue. Yeah, I noticed that. To wit, you get the colored guy? What's he look like? An Africa Zulu man. Great. <laughs> That's... That's the first scene, and that's where you yeah. the Jew bashing. There's even some worse uh, things said in that scene too, which I don't know if yeah. you caught on to that, but yeah. No, no, that... I did. I was trying not to like throw the N word around, but if okay, yeah, oh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't going to do either. I just, I was like, God, that's well, that's an instant turn off right there. Like, all right, now you could argue since it takes place in the fifties, you, you know could. You yeah, could. Like that, that's, you know, but this is not that kind of movie. This is not right. some movie that's like, here's a teenage drama about the way, like, right. fucking, give me a break. This isn't no. Mississippi burning or some shit. Yeah, that, it didn't need to be in there. And, and that never plays off anyway, as far as no. I can tell. Is that the guy who, like, runs around with the machete at the at that, that fake thing? Because that doesn't make any sense either, because I thought these guys were all... Wait, are there two different groups of guys who are, like, trying to, like, prank each other or... or and yeah, I think there's like there's like ten guys total, um, but I thought know. they were all. But yeah, for the most, right? dude, I'm not sure. Like 
And at first I thought they were rival gangs. Yeah. Like Jets and the Shark ship. Yeah. In the fifties after yeah. all. Uh, except they don't like Puerto Ricans and whatnot. So I guess not Jets. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. There's just. But you know what I mean? I thought it was going to be one of those things. And it turns out they like sometimes hang out together and sometimes don't. Right. Anyway, okay. So maybe that's the guy at the, the right, that probably is. Herbie's like, of course that's the guy you're fucking idiot. Okay, fine. Mm. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is this movie has a bunch of racist fucking dialogue and it doesn't earn any of this because this doesn't right. seem like a movie exploring any of that. Not at all. Another friend pulls up who they call a crazy redneck. So I guess maybe they're setting it up that they you know, think this guy is white trash and, and whatnot for saying all this stuff. He drops the N-word we, we referenced. Mm. And the other two are like, oh, you got to say colored guy or a Negro. Right. <laughs> and that's that's about as progressive as this movie gets. Yeah. <laughs> his noble friends. Yeah, his friends keep calling him white trash. Right. Uh, and then he's like, he's like, why don't you go back to the Midwest where you can kiss ass with all the Negroes you like? This is Dixie, baby, where we do things right. <laughs> and I guess we're supposed to be laughing at that that guy, and, and uh, sure, you know, rightly so. But but why the fuck is this in this movie? Like, you could have made this movie without this. Unless, like I said, Bob Clark is probably just like, listen, I'm trying to mm. do my representation of what 1950s whatever was like, and it probably was. I, I'll grant him that. But what the fuck, man? Like that just automatically <laughs> leaves a bad taste, and it's weird that you know, 40 years later. Hey, oh, I thought that was I thought that was on Oklahoma. <laughs> Never know, man. It's probably coming your way. <laughs> there was a uh we can cut this real quick. There there was a fist fight on Oklahoma last Saturday morning right in front of our house at 10 in the morning. Oh yeah. Yeah, so that's how my what Saturday happened? started. Uh apparently some guy was in an argument with his girlfriend and hit the uh hit the girlfriend and then the brother came by, and the brother was beating the shit out of him on Oklahoma. You know, you know what you should have done was stuck at him and like, get in there, Rock! You're an animal. <laughs> He's an animal. Yeah. <laughs> get him out of there. <laughs> Anyways, sorry about that. That was a quick sidebar <laughs> on life on no, Oklahoma. Okay. I was I was fucking up what I was trying to say anyway. So uh, we were talking about the racism of this movie. Yep. And how yep. And how it it. <laughs> And um, it was unnecessary. However, in 1982, perhaps people thought differently. Sure. I'm not as, saying that's okay. I'm just saying right. That. As seen in Rocky Three with the with the jungle music line, like Jesus, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Casual racism back then was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, his friends keep calling him white trash, so I guess that's a. Uh, you know, balances it out, or so this movie probably thinks. <laughs> and I should point out um, that this place in Florida is fake. Oh, Angel oh. Beach does not exist. Right. Where they keep saying, like, go back to Angel Beach and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like that. The fictional town of Angel Beach. Yep. Yeah. Couldn't even have a real uh, town. We gotta make up Angel Beach. We can move on uh, from racism to ugly sort of misogyny. Meat, quote unquote, is about to fuck a girl. Or yeah, at least who's a freshman. Yeah, but okay. You just going to step on all my lines or what, man? Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> she wants to know why he's called meat. He's like, 
uh, I'll show you. And then somebody's like, wait, meet. She's a freshman. And he says, who cares? And then the other guy goes, if you get suspended again, you won't get into Princeton. As if statutory rape just equals suspension. <laughs> and did, did this guy really seem like he was on his way to Princeton? I... That's weird. And then they're like, oh, he applied to like 16 schools. Did he get in any of them? Like, sure he did, but he went in Princeton. Like, apparently this guy is actually really smart. Apparently. Meat. Meat. We never got to find out why they called him Meat. Nope. Uh, Pee-wee wants to get laid. Pee-wee, by the way, is uh, whatever age he's supposed to be, 16, I guess. Mm -hmm. He has a receding hairline. So probably these guys didn't look their ages in this movie right. i would say we we would both agree yeah um, he's the antagonist in the movie too he's like the main guy somehow in this movie yeah well his dick shrinking man that he it's it's important that he figured <laughs> that out right <laughs> that would have been a more interesting movie than this fucking like a guy trying to stop his dick from shrinking it could have they Those are stakes, man. Yeah, exactly. They could have done something better with it. Well, they could have done a lot better with it, but but well, but here's the thing about this movie, see, Peter, and this is what sets it apart from like other uh comedies of its ilk. Mm. These guys totally want to get laid, right? Mm -hmm. They're all totally right. sex obsessed. Horny, horny teenage boys. Are you kidding? Yeah, nobody ever thought of this before. <laughs> right. Before Pee-wee wants to get laid. Meat wants to get laid. Even the coach is a sex-obsessed, you know, fucking scumbag who, you know, just making dirty jokes all the time about high school girls and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. So everybody in this movie just wants to get laid. Then there's a little bit of Jew bashing for laughs. And now I will admit that when they started getting into this stuff, I was like, oh, here we go. Now they're just going to do the whole thing with that. But the, the movie does, I guess, at least play that off i don't know if it's successful but like but then you know it becomes a plot point of the film so whether it works or not i guess is up for debate but at least they didn't totally go out on that horrible uh uh so these guys and it's not just this movie but most of these sex comedies they all are just so horny and hard up to get laid uh you know they're the kind of guys that they all will not hesitate to like strip in front of each other and just like run around naked and shit and like no, I don't, I don't know. Like, you and I are probably as horny as the next guy in high school and, you know, waiting, you know, for that magic night. <laughs> Whatever. But my point is, like, <laughs> we never, like, ran around in the locker rooms naked and, and mm. never, like, went out together and we're like, oh, we, we might get some. And then all just, yeah. like, be cool, just stripping down in front of each other and, like, hoping this isn't a prank. <laughs> we didn't get some prostitute and a guy with a machete to like we weren't going to any sort of lengths like i just <laughs> yeah. yeah and they're all gonna just like stand around naked there and just like fuck the same girl and it's like i mean okay yeah like, there's probably people who do this that's fine mm -hmm. but they're probably not your average uh you know high school gang of five dudes and right. if it yeah. is probably not in 1954 but i i don't know who knows? <laughs> I doubt it too. Yeah, I don't want to, you know, shame the nineteen fifty, the class of nineteen fifty four, and their and their gangbangs. But I would, I would like to hear from some of them and see if uh -huh. you know how much this stuff is accurate. It would be interesting to see how little or much things have changed over the years. But. Right. 
Uh, so the sex shenanigans ensue. They think they're going to lose it to this prostitute. Uh, that turns out to be a prank. They go to this redneck bar called Porky's because they hear they can get a prostitute there. Porky's also punks them. The sheriff, Alex Karras, who is the dad in Webster, that's right, uh, happens to be Porky's brother. Uh, so he extorts them for all the cash they have. And now the boys want revenge as well as pussy. So this movie would ostensibly devolve into a series of them trying to both get laid and get revenge on Porky's by, I assume, going to Porky's and like doing some shit there. No, no, no. It just sits in the high school where Kim Cattrall gets turned on by the smell of the boys' locker room and dirty under shit or over-the-top orgasms that Peter mentioned. <laughs> I don't know how in high school you don't just stand around with your dicks hanging out and... Yeah. Which, yeah. thank, uh, thankfully, we weren't part of that clique. I don't know if there was people, but <laughs> there were guys who didn't give a shit, man. They would just be like, you know, I, I, they weren't necessarily like doing anything weird, but you know, they just didn't care about right. walking around naked or whatever. But I don't know. I know it seemed a little weird to me. It wasn't my jam, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, so okay, Kim Cattrall, she gets turned on by the smell of boys' locker room. Dirty jock straps, etc. Her orgasms. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm used to hearing shit like that, man. I don't know. Well, but I, I didn't think it needed to be in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Exactly. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's something we hear every day, dude. I know. I don't need to sit through a movie of it. <laughs> The... And then the way the coach is like his friend, or they're just like dying laughing, and you know, it's just and it goes on forever. Dude. It's not funny. I mean, what the fuck? No. Just like I get, I get why it's supposed to be funny, but it's not funny. I, I'm not right. being weird or prude about it. I like dumb fucking shit. Like the, this idea where these like coaches and all these like people in charge are just laughing their fucking asses off at all this shit and, and, and yeah. okay fine you snicker because like yeah i think this is funny even though that's politically incorrect cool but these guys are having like a heart attack can't like stop themselves it's it's and all it keeps, yeah it keeps like, going yeah that, that, i don't know you're gonna say like 14 things in there what do, what do you got to say peter no 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 i i i just was trying to that that scene just keeps going it's so bad and well you said that say something else that, <laughs> <laughs> the, the like the oh, coach hiding... I give you the floor man <laughs> <laughs> the coach hiding behind the the wall all that just i was getting so angry at that shit i couldn't <laughs> right well then we come to the people scene which is this movie's like fucking reason for existing right like it's the thing everybody talks about and let me just say this uh I have it written down somewhere else, so it's probably going to flow better, but I'm going to say it now because we're talking about it. This movie is not jam-packed with, like, nudity and sex. No. You know, like, if that's the thing you're coming to this for, it, it's not. This The shower room scene is, I mean, okay, there's a lot of full frontal nudity, but they're just kind of standing there taking a shower. There's, you know, plenty of that shit around, and it's just like, I, I don't know, what what's the thing about this movie where, you know, kids are like, oh, you've got to see this, man. It's so crazy. And again, is it because we're used to so much more? We can just dial up Pornhub on our phones, or is it because just one nude scene is not a sex movie make? Right. I, yeah, I think I think that had to have played a big part in in its popularity. D dumb as it is, 
that had to have been a big part of it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. And that scene is kind of dumb too, because then there's this whole thing where it, it shoots, it shoots them into the principal's office when they get caught. Well, I guess mm-hmm. it's back up. They cut these fucking glory holes into the girls' locker room, stare at them naked. One guy shouts, Oh, move the fat chick or whatever. So <laughs> there's another little yeah. thing in this movie's quiver and then uh they get caught the gym nurse grabs the guy's dick through the hole and that's i guess a moment that people might reference from this movie then they all go to the principal's office where she's telling her story and the three guys in the room are just once again laughing their fucking asses up now this is bad on the face of it where people will talk about like oh men are just you know unwilling to listen to women when they report sexual harassment and all that but even even if i'm just like well fuck all that this is a a crazy sex comedy it's not not only not funny, not only not funny to have these guys doing that, but it goes on for fucking ever. Like they just won't shut the fuck up. Like this movie thinks it's so funny that these guys can't stop laughing. It's like yeah. when you get on a laughing jag and everybody around you is kind of like, oh, okay, that, that's enough, and, and you're just like, I can't help it, I can't stop. And nobody's having a good time watching that. So no. why would you put it in a fucking movie for everybody to watch? All yeah. two hundred and seventy million dollars of them. And no, that's adjusted that's for right. inflation. No, 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 we figured out it's adjusted for inflation. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> that's probably right. 106 to, you know, three times and three times plus. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was 50. I, I totally wrote it down. You say something while I look for it. All right. Um... <laughs> The, when the Talk movie, about something that happens after the uh, the glory holes. Oh, when they yeah, which so yeah, we have the scene in the principal's office goes on forever, like you said, uh, and then and then we decide. I believe, I don't know. I apologize. All right, for my- cool. Here, I found it, so you can stop. All right, <laughs> it was 160 worldwide. Okay. 341 million adjusted for inflation. And I'm pretty sure I already read that, but I've been saying 270 the whole time because Rocky Three is fucking me up. Because I'd rather be talking about that movie again than this piece of shit. So just know that whatever I say about this movie's box office moving forward, the correct uh, number is 160 worldwide, 341 in 2022 dollars. All right. Okay. Moving out of the finale of this piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to talk about the bullshit. Like they eventually, yeah, they go back to they go back to Porky's for their revenge. Even though there's a movie called Porky's Revenge, but maybe that's Porky getting his revenge. Fuck. Oh yeah, I think it is. That's the twist. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> He's also a zombie and can't be killed. Jesus, I hope not. Is it okay? <laughs> maybe. Uh, what? Mm. I said maybe that would have made it <laughs> Porky's Revenge better. Yeah, well, uh, so, yeah, they go to Porky, I guess. I mean, see, fucking Mickey, that one dude, he just keeps, like, rushing into all these scenes. Like, you know, he'll, he'll like, pull up in his car and he's all beat to shit. So, finally, the third time this happens, they're like, they're like, all right, we're going to get revenge on Porky. Oh, we should say this is after the whole soul-searching of the, the bigot kid who doesn't like Jews. Mm-hmm. Uh, you find out his father's abusive and, you know, says all this racist stuff and... So that's why he's like that. And then in the span of a night, this guy just completely loses all of his racism, punches his dad in the face, and him and the you know Jewish kid become best friends. So yeah. 
I guess they put that in there for a reason, and I guess that's well intentioned. Um, but didn't whatever. didn't work. Didn't land with me. Yeah. So Mickey, who keeps rushing into these scenes, like the fucking French dude in uh, Top Secret. You remember Top that? Secret, Top Secret, yes. Where yeah. that one guy always shows up with like a uh-huh. or something or other. <laughs> that's what this kid reminded me of. <laughs> uh. So, yeah, up to this point, this movie is 80-plus minutes in. This movie's 98 minutes long. They've had one scene at Porky's for about five minutes. So, uh, you know, we're at 80-plus minutes, essentially 75 with no Porky's. Uh, the sex and nudity is largely overstated. And it's mostly just that shower scene. Um, and that whole thing with Kim Cattrall screaming, I guess, is what makes this movie memorable. But the finale at Porky is nothing happens. So I don't, I don't know. They, they, they piss right. him off, they run him out, you know, and the, the other cop from the next town over is like, you're in my jurisdiction now. And he treats him exactly the way that cop, Porky's brother, mm-hmm. Webster's dad, yep. treated all the other kids and and i guess they win and learn a valuable lesson or something or <laughs> no my i don't i think that's the point they were trying to do but yeah i wasn't uh it wasn't happening i mean before i watched this i would have said i remember seeing this you know just like a time or two as a kid but i, I was never never liked it enough on rewatch or anything i liked you know revenge of the nerds and risky business and hard bodies and stuff like that but this one just wasn't very memorable, and I, I don't really remember why. And it's, I think it's just the fact that every time I watch it, I realize, number one, how like dumb and unfunny it is. Number two, how poorly it's aged. Number three, how it just doesn't even have the, the sex hygiene right. you, you came to for it in the first right. place. You know? I, um, I guess I can understand that in 80-whatever, it, it might have been better, but you know, or, or something you can't as easily see. And maybe it is the granddaddy of this genre. I don't know, but it's definitely been upped, and it really... Is a shitty watch in 2022. <laughs> That's so. all right though. We're we're uh, we're watching these movies, good or bad. We're yeah. I mean, it's it's ultimately a dumb waste of time. Um, I yeah. like a good Roxy comedy, but this this isn't it. So I don't know. Glad it was free on Tubi or whatever I watched it on because I didn't have to spend any money on it. So. Yeah, I think it was it was free for me too. So. Only 99, 99 cents this week for two movies, and I, and I, and then I think I saw that Rocky Three was on Tubi also. But is it? Oh damn! Yeah, I didn't have to. I, I had Rocky and uh, just dialed up uh, old old Porky's here. So um, yeah, I I guess we normally talk a little bit about um, you know some of the other movies that were you know big in theaters at at the time, just to give everybody an idea of what we're talking about with these mm-hmm. movies how they relate. Um, <clears throat> so I will say this for going back to Porky's, uh, it opened with $7.6 million. Number two was Richard Pryor live in the Sunset strip with $6.1 million. This movie had already made 17 million at this point. And if you remember, we talked about it a couple times on some of the other ones where it was farther down the list, but still like in the top 10 for, you know, weeks and weeks after this. So yeah. that movie, you know, in, in, $2022 would be a you know 100 million plus grosser. Uh, on Golden Pond is three. Death Trap, which is something we've been toying with maybe doing. Uh, it's a Wes Craven movie, is four. And five is Quest for Fire. I don't remember what that is. I feel like I can picture the box or something. All right. 
Yeah, I don't know. Is there a Carradine in that movie, maybe? Or a... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't look it up, but yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> that could uh, be that, for... that movie could be a lot of different things in 1982 with a name like that. There's probably three movies with that. Same <laughs> All right. Uh, so for it, Rocky, um, back on its opening weekend, it made $16 million. Uh, and like we said, it went on to make $270 million worldwide. I had no idea. <laughs> New valuable information. I forgot to sneak <laughs> into the podcast. Number two is Visiting Hours, which I've actually seen. I think I own that movie. It's kind of a trashy horror movie. Some people like it nowadays. Uh, that made 5.2. Conan the Barbarian, formerly the number one movie that these other two movies, Rocky Three and Visiting Hours, knocked out of the top spot, made 5.2. It was up to 28 million at that point. Four is Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Uh, $4.6 million. It was at 11 million total at that point. And number five is, guess what? Uh, Poltergeist. Porky. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. You had one guess, Pete. <laughs> so. All right, that was our uh, Porky's and Rocky's Three episode, everybody. Um, I, I hope you enjoyed listening to that little blast from the past. Uh, but I will try to post more of our earlier episodes. I, I know in that episode we alluded to things like Death Wish 2 and, and some of these other movies that we um, actually sat down and did probably six months before we actually posted our first um, podcast episode for everybody here. So uh, as we move along here and if we have any uh, lulls in the schedule, we're trying to keep this as close as we can to uh, the movies that came out that week 40 years ago. Um, so I know 1983 is actually going to be a, a, a big fun year for movies. There's a lot of great ones coming up, but a lot of them don't hit until uh, late spring and, and summer and, and so on. So we'll have some, some gaps and some time to post some of these older ones um that'll give me some time to go through edit work on them and, and all that but uh we have stuff like friday the 13th part three uh, poltergeist et first blood um I, you know there, there's so many big ones we, we were doing two a week for a long time trying to catch up uh, on everything in 1982 that we missed when we started finally recording these maybe in um i don't know, i think it was august so there's there's four or five months worth of episodes. There's probably ten of them uh, laying around, and um, like I said, I'll do my best to to get some of those out there if if we can make them make them listenable. Uh, but anyway, thanks again for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the bonus episode, and we will see you in a week or so here with uh, I think we decided the the year of living dangerously and uh, House on Sorority Row. So should be fun. We'll see you down the road. <laughs>